You're listening to the Acadiana's Morning News Podcast, brought to you by LABI and always on kpal965.com. Fourth of July, and of course, Independence Day. Back in 1776, John Adams called the occasion, quote, a great anniversary festival and said it should be celebrated with pomp and parade, shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other from this time forward forevermore. I remember reading Adams' prediction in college. It inspired me to plan a celebration for my own hometown, which was Baldwin, a little village on the south shore of Long Island. This was back in the mid-1990s. At the time, it struck me that everybody knew about the Declaration of Independence, the document around which the whole holiday was formed, but very few had read it. I thought it would make sense to form an event around a public reading of the famed parchment. One of my neighbors and friends back in Baldwin was Bob Shepard. Bob was the longtime public address announcer for the New York Yankees. He was there for 57 years, so long that he announced players spanning the eras of Joe DiMaggio and Mickey Mantle to Reggie Jackson, Thurman Munson, and the entire 20-year career of Derek Jeter. I thought he'd be the perfect guy to read the declaration. Bob agreed, and there on a suburban tree-lined street with American flags fluttering on both sides and standing on a riser I borrowed from my church, Bob read excerpts from the famous document. Some people actually cried. The Yankees were playing home the next year, so Bob couldn't make our celebration. But the year after that, Bob was back, and I asked him to read another but much less famous document. It was Lou Gehrig's farewell address, a speech the Hall of Fame Yankee first baseman gave on July 4th, 1939. You probably know portions of it, and maybe even the premise behind it. Lou was dying, cut down in the prime of his career, but there he stood in the sun behind home plate, wiping tears from his eyes. This is how he began. For the past two weeks, you've been reading about a bad rag. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. In the midst of his trials and troubles, Lou considered himself the luckiest man. What an attitude of gratitude. I'm thinking of our country this July 4th. We're a deeply divided nation. There's soaring inflation, social unrest, and growing concerns and questions about our leaders and their lack of leadership. Yet there's no place I'd rather be than right here in the United States of America this July 4th. If you're an American, you're not just lucky, you're blessed. Despite all our challenges and conflicts, our country on this, its 246th birthday, remains the last and best hope of the world. It was Catherine Lee Bates, who right here in my new hometown of Colorado Springs, wrote the lyrics to this famous patriotic hymn, America the Beautiful. I now read her poem as something of a prayer. America, America, she wrote, God mend thine every flaw, confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty in law. With Focus on the Family, I'm Paul Batura. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. To hear the podcast version of this program, go to foxnewspodcasts.com. And for all the latest news, go to foxnews.com.
Did you book the Townsend's 10th anniversary ticket? Alona's travel agency is overbooked and experiencing delays. She needs to land a new project manager to clear her business's runways. Yes, Mrs. O'Hara, we checked. Pygmy goats do not count as emotional support animals. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Earn up to $500 in sponsored job credits by interviewing on Indeed. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. We tried Dynavite for gut health and immune support, and after a couple of weeks, our little gizmo was acting like a puppy again. His coat was shinier, he had a lot less scratching and shedding, and he seemed like his happy old self. My dog smelled and scratched constantly. We bathed and sprayed her, took her to the vet, but no results. Now, a little Dynavite and her food helps Bella keep her beautiful coat with no scratching or smell. Get 10% off your next order of Dynavite nutritional supplements for dogs at Dynavite.com. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Looking for uncommon talent? Meet the grads of life. They're not the typical candidates you're used to, but they're exactly who your company needs. An ideal fit for entry-level positions, internships, and even mentorships. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn more. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a town square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. The Pope staying put. C.J. Papa, Fox News. Pope Francis speaking exclusively to Reuters today. Denying he's stepping down in the near future. And says there's no truth of the rumor that he has cancer. The pontiff added he respects the U.S. Supreme Court decision on abortion at the same time condemning abortion. The 85-year-old leader of the Catholic Church says he's on track to visit Canada this month. Hopes to be able to go to Moscow and Kiev as soon as possible after that. Too dangerous today to serve for the 17 people still unaccounted for when part of an alpine glacier in northern Italy broke off and slammed into hikers. At least six people are dead. Nine are recovering from injuries when ice, snow, and large rocks thundered down the mountain topped by the Marmolata Glacier. Migrants steaming toward the U.S. southern border. Arizona Congressman Andy Biggs at the border this weekend describing the scene early in the morning. And you can see behind me, in that little group, there's probably 150 folks right there. And the congressman posting video to his Twitter page. Fox's Brooke Singman has more on how crossing can be a life and death situation. Last year, at least 728 people died trying to enter the U.S. from Mexico. Another 493 have been killed so far this year. This makes our southern border the deadliest land crossing in the entire world. These figures coming from a new report by the International Organization 
Commission for Migration, which is a United Nations agency that provides services and advice to both governments and migrants. Uh, the 4th of July, Sonano's with baseball, apple pie, and Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest. Tyler Walker. The legend goes all the way back to 1916 that our founder, Nathan Handworker, started the contest well over 100 years ago. And it takes place later this morning at Cornell in Brooklyn, New York. That is Scott Walker with Nathan's. America's listening to Fox News. When you get nachos, tacos, empanadas, spicy queso with jalapenos, Pepto Bismol's there. Pepto Bismol provides fast, effective relief from nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, and diarrhea. All the things that can happen unexpectedly on vacation. So before you travel, pack the Pepto. Pepto Bismol. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. For Cape Hill News, I'm Brandon Como. A new fiscal year is underway in Louisiana, which means the state's new spending play went into effect on July 1st. Commissioner of Administration Jay Darden says as a result of surplus dollars, the state made a historic investment in every level of education from higher ed to pre-K. And take advantage of the fact that young people uh, learn at a, an extremely early age, and we're going to be providing some significant incentives now for local school boards to invest in early childhood education. Darden says there are also hundreds of millions of dollars dedicated to improving the state's roads and bridges. He says drivers should see an improvement. There are going to be some really tangible things that the people of Louisiana will see happening that we just didn't expect to happen for quite some time, and that, that is mainly the area of infrastructure development. And the state fire marshal's office wants to remind you to practice fireworks safety this 4th. Spokesperson Ashley Rodriguez says it's always best to attend the public display where professionals are handling them. But if you choose to do your own, make sure it's legal to do so at your location and choose an appropriate one. Relative to property and people, make sure you're about 200 feet away from homes, vehicles, and, and of course people who are going to be watching. Have a happy 4th of July. Mostly sunny skies across Acadiana on this 4th of July. Not a bad holiday forecast coming up for you today. A few isolated showers and thunderstorms. No real way around that. We'll see that a little later on in the afternoon. About a 30% chance for some rainfall. It is going to be a hot one today, though. 95 degrees for that high with a heat index that's going to be in the triple digits. Lows in the upper 70s. And a little more rainfall on the way for both Tuesday and Wednesday. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 K. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallant.
This is a Fox News Radio special from Fox Nation, Warrior Ranch, with your host, Johnny Joey Jones. The invisible wounds from war. American heroes battle them every day. At the Warrior Ranch, military veterans and first responders are provided a safe haven of health and well-being through horse interaction. During this hour, we follow U.S. Army Staff Sergeant James Allen Pennington and retired racehorse Red on their journeys to recovery as they learn to help one another. Worst day, I seen this little girl run off the distance. You see children that play all the time. They just don't blow up in your face. War, as they say, war is hell. There's nothing good about war. You come back, you're, uh, you're scarred for life. They want to kill you, so you either kill or you're going to be killed. You can't, you can't really just kind of turn that off. Racehorses in general are trained to go, go, go. Noble Empire has grabbed the front from Hometown Pride. Then we bring them back after they're no longer going to race, and we want them to blend back in and be reasonable. Of all the rescues we've had, he was the first horse that actually tried to jump out of the store window. Humans are natural predators. Horses are natural prey. Because we train both man and animal to go to the extreme of their natural instincts, the soldier becomes the ultimate fighter, and the racehorse is forged into ultimate flight. Sonneman is down toward the inside as they arrive at the eight pole. This is one of the few wars that we've been in lately, Iraq, Afghanistan, that the enemy is not in front of you necessarily. The enemy is around you 360 degrees. And obviously combat, there's nothing like it. You don't experience it in real life. It's tragic. Uh, you're always tense and you're always fearful uh, of what's going to happen. You prepare. You always, you know, prepare for the best, but you can expect the worst. Now that's what's required of me to ensure that my friends that, are, that have boots on the ground with me come back home. And if it takes eliminating the enemy, before they eliminate us, then you can bet I'll be the first one to fire the shot. The fact of the matter is, when horses are deemed useless or dangerous, their reputation precedes them, which then lands them at auction. With racehorses, typically their career is not that long, and I feel like people underestimate thoroughbreds that are off the track, and they automatically assume that they are untrainable, can't be handled, and yes, in a lot of cases, that is true. He was very spirited when he came. He was very anxious. He was head shy. He really didn't want people close to him. He wouldn't let you touch him. That room's taking cover. Red's first step in retraining is being relocated to the Warrior Ranch at the Simonetti Training Center. Red's anxiety about working with people is making the trailer ride difficult and dangerous. Last night we went to get the red horse and uh, I knew he was hot, there's no doubt. As we approached the trailer, he was actually fine with it. We got on real easy. Then he got anxious and he wanted to back off, so I just let him back off. So he didn't feel trapped. If he's that anxious and he gets that excited, he hurt himself. Yeah, right there. So we hit the road as fast as we could. You never want to see a horse in that much anxiety and you never want to see them getting upset or having a hard time with anything. So it was, it was very difficult for me. When their job is done, the soldier 
protecting us and defending our freedom. The horse, racing, performing, and entertaining us. Just about three lengths off the lead. We say thank you very much, but we'd appreciate it if you didn't do that anymore. The fact is, that is easier said than done. We're definitely not trained uh, to hold hands and sing Kumbaya. You cannot see post-traumatic stress disorder. Everybody who comes back from war is traumatized. And even those who come back who seem to adjust very well at some point in their future, they will fight that tragic experience that they had overseas. So I, I, I wake up one morning and um, just needed some relief. So I put on my dress greens uniform, took 30-foot rope, and was going to walk out to the barn and hang myself. Due to post-traumatic stress disorder, 22 veterans are committing suicide every day. It's a, a very significant figure and a tragic figure. That number is ridiculous as compared to regular society, and it you know, should be zero. Their battles, their struggles that they face during and after military service. Sometimes when we lose a veteran and it gets called a suicide, their last words are, I don't want to die. Many of these men and women were lacking a safe, therapeutic outlet to ease their reintegration into civilian life. When soldiers go over to Iraq and Afghanistan, they're prepared for battle and the things that they may see. In our culture, we hold you know, women and uh, children to high regard. When they go over to battle, women are strapped up with bombs and children are being used as weapons and our soldiers have to take action. Where's it at? It affects the most deepest parts of their psyche and what they've learned in the culture that they've grown up in and now what they have to do. They're not prepared for that. When you're in battle, the consequences could be fatal. I got 150 rounds left! And then all of a sudden you got to turn it off when you're demobilized, when you come home, and you're back in the United States. That switch sometimes goes off, but a lot of times, and most of the times, that switch doesn't go all the way to the off position. For this soldier and this horse, retraining and reintegration into society is a matter of life or death. With PTSD, you, you know, you, you don't always walk around lit up and, and with heightened experience, you know, senses like spider senses or something. You, you have to have what's called a trigger. They may be doing something during the day and then all of a sudden these memories pop into their head and they actually start to relive some of this through flashbacks. And when a person is in a flashback, it's almost like a dissociation from being in reality. It alters the way they function in life. I just, it, it, it's whichever one, whichever response kicks in, it's, it's fight or flight, like at, at, at a child's birthday party. You got all these people around you, and they're all talking, and they're all talking at once, and you can't help but, you know, kind of listen into every conversation, and nobody's talking to you, and you're kind of like women and all these, and all this stimulus, and you just got to leave. Since the beginning of time, there has been a special bond between man and horse. Initially, the horse was our beast of burden, used to build the foundation of this country. And this is a shot. Oh, no, 
Horses are athletes and need a job. Today, for the most part, the horse is used for our entertainment, racing, trail riding, and performing. The average lifespan of a horse can be anywhere from 20 to 30 years. A racehorse's career averages seven to eight years. Just like any athlete, an injury or lack of performance will cut their career short. Racehorses definitely need to be repurposed because there's so many of them that don't make the final cut and now they have no real purpose. Well, when a horse career is over, there's a lot of societies now that uh, take horses as riding horses. Allison McGowan of McGowan Stables is one who takes such horses whose careers are over. We've been involved in thoroughbred and standardbred racing for many years, and it, that has also segued into the rescue and rehabilitation of racehorses after their careers are over, either from an injury or that they no longer would be racing. What we do is we take the horses in, we give them any medical attention they need, we retrain them, and try to find them their forever home. With over 5,000 wins, Jimmy Marone is an expert horse trainer. If a horse is gonna race, we take them out every single day, except race day. Race day is race day. But after that, they get jogged and trained on a regular basis. In our business, uh, a horse will race as two-year-olds. And the ones that aren't so strong will start racing at three, and they'll race right to the 14. When a racehorse is injured or retiring, the McGowans have been known to come to the rescue. Red came to us from the track. He had a couple of starts and then unfortunately suffered a career-ending injury with a bow tendon. Though a bow tendon doesn't necessarily mean that the horse can't go on or do other things, with respect to racing, it just isn't possible. Now it's imperative that four-year-old Red be rehabbed and retrained in order to have a second chance. Up next, Sergeant Pennington looks back on his military career and begins the process of bonding with Red as Warrior Ranch continues. Um. Now, back to Warrior Ranch as retired racehorse Red continues vital training to perform off the track. Obviously, I want to get him off the trailer as fast as I can so that he can relax. And when I opened the trailer doors, he was soaking wet, head to toe, as if he'd been swimming. That's how much his nerves got him sweating and worked up. In order for him to have a successful second half of his life, now that his racing career is over, the training needs to happen. It's invaluable. It is critical to him having a successful life now off the track. Their second career is what it is. Like, you know, a lot of people respect their horses and what they did for them, and they do not want them to fall in bad hands. Horses live into their 30s. Most racehorses retire before the age of 10. So the retraining is necessary. In Simonetti training, he taps into the natural language of the horse. The more we're learning about PTSD, there's many things being put in place right now to try to help soldiers. We're trying to get horses involved with soldiers because we know that the human-animal bond definitely decreases symptoms. Equine expert Tony Simonetti specializes in natural horsemanship, understanding the nature of the horse. Hello, my friend. I've kind of mastered the ability to take predators, have them act less like predators, and take the prey animals and have them act less like prey animals. Racehorses are taught to run as fast as they possibly can. 
some of them are acting instinctively and just running to get in front of the herd. And so, so they're like the extreme in acting instinctive. So I got to really take them and have them act less instinctive to introduce them back into a society that now they're no longer racing. And in your case, you were trained to be the ultimate predator. You were trained to serve this country in, in the best way possible. And now you're coming back and getting back introduced to a society that, you know, you kind of haven't been in for a while, right? My job is to teach you what I can do so that we can take these two extremes and have a happy outcome in the end. Love the guy. He looks you right in the eyes, very sincere. Just, uh, I believe in my heart that he's going to be a very valuable asset. He who moves who in the horse world wins. I got to ask him not just to move, but I'm going to ask him to move in a specific direction at a specific gate that I want, when I want. You're going to see me ask for inside turns, outside turns, to face, to look at me, all with no contact whatsoever, all just by my energy. They know exactly what predators are looking at and what they're focused on. So I'm just going to plug right into that formula that Mother Nature has already taught the sound. In the beginning, Red didn't even know I existed. We turned him out in the round pen after he trail loaded, and he, he basically round penned himself. Head high, wide-eyed, and running around anxious and anxiety over everything. He's instinctual. I think that's the best word to describe him. He's instinctual. Well, I can relate. Being in the military, you learn different skill sets. There's a, a very distinct parallel between learning how to do one particular job, that, that's your job. You do it, you do it, you do it. He got smart, now he's round penning me. <laughs> I just make him run. Good boy. That's a good boy right there. Good. See, all of this reinforces to him that, ah, oh, all I gotta do is that, and everything gets better. All I gotta do is pay attention and stop thinking about what Mother Nature told me. I could kind of see myself being run around the round pen, you know, so it was, kind of, it was very cool. His attention obviously is, is night and day right now. I mean, he always had a history of evading. So the fact that he's paying such attention is incredible. And the respect, he's, he now is respectful. There we go. I want to get that worried look out of his eye, you see it? Yeah. Lower the horse's head to lower the emotional status, okay? So now watch, if I walk up, put my arm around my best pal, put my finger right there, instead of him pushing against it, right? <laughs> That's awesome. We could just kind of relax together. That's there cool. you go. Did you hear that? Yep. That was, <sighs> life is getting better. By the minute, life is getting better. He's not gonna believe where this leads in, in regard to how the horse is gonna help him. Kiss to him. A horse knows the difference between a normal person and somebody who's been through trauma, and they react differently with that person. Now pick up your left hand and tap your leg. Go ahead and kiss to him. Now follow him around, look at that hindquarters. Release. Okay? One tap too many. I am from the great state of Alabama. I actually wanted to go into the Army since I was eight years old. We had a, a little, what, like a 10 inch black and white TV. So I woke up one Sunday morning, seen John Wayne flag over Iwo Jima, chin strap hanging off the Kevlar or steel pot. And I was like, man, that's for me. They signed up for the purpose, knowing and believing strongly that there was nothing more important in life as far as their sense of purpose. 
than to defeat an enemy that wants to destroy American ideals, our flag, our freedom, our constitution, our liberties. You can prepare yourself physically, you can prepare yourself mentally of what you think war is going to be like, but until you're actually in the combat zone and bullets are flying over your head and mortars are going off, and it's a whole different set of facts. You once told me you thought you were going to hell. Oh, yeah. For all the... For all the death and... The women and the children are often used as human shields. Obviously, groups like ISIS and groups over in Iraq and Afghanistan, and the Taliban and Al-Qaeda, they're not signatories to the Geneva Convention. So they have no rules that govern uh, the law of war. So it presents a lot of problems to the U.S. servicemen and women who are in combat situations. I mean, even, even though the government says, okay, you are deployed under a military operation, you know, you're, you're still out there taking people's lives. You know, some, some father, some son, some mother, some daughter. We're trying to help them reframe those thoughts to you did a lot of for humanity here because, you know, without with the dangers removed, a lot more people are safe. They made the right decision. And that's what happens in war. And that's something that that person who pulled the trigger has to live with forever. My 19th birthday, I was ready to go in. And I asked, I asked my pastor, do you think I should go into the army? And he said, well, why do you, um, why do you want to know? Well, people in the army engage and kill other people. He goes, yes, well, you know, sometimes you have to do that. You know, 17 years is a long time. And um, I kind of strayed from that train of thought because I've killed a lot of people. A lot of the time when they're in battle, their adrenaline is constantly on, off, on, off, on, off. And you take a person that's going through that over and over again, and then you bring them back to a, a, a social setting where that's not happening. All of a sudden, their physiological response to daily living is is altered again i live with somebody i you know i love somebody very much that's been in the military and that's done all these things and he'll joke around every once in a while and i'll say you know there's times i've only eaten worms to live and i'm sure that's the truth i'm sure and i guess it's good that he could joke about it now but he's been through a lot up next sergeant pennington looks back on his military career and begins the process of bonding with red as warrior ranch continues your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. For Cape Hill News, I'm Brandon Como. A new fiscal year is underway in Louisiana, which means the state's new spending play went into effect on July 1st. Commissioner of Administration Jay Darden says as a result of surplus dollars, the state made a historic investment in every level of education, from higher ed to pre-K. He also says there are hundreds of millions of dollars dedicated to improving the state's roads and bridges. There are concerns the state's economy may decline because of high gas prices and inflation, but Darden is optimistic. The economic forecast they use to produce the budget will hold up. The budget forecast for this year is, is going to be one that it's not going to put us in a position where we'll have to be dealing with any mid-year budget cuts. The state fire marshal's office wants to remind you to practice firework safety this 4th. Spokesperson Ashley Rodriguez says it's always best to attend the public display where professionals are handling them. 
But if you choose to do on on your own, make sure it's legal to do so at your location and choose an appropriate one. According to the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, 11,000 injuries were caused by fireworks in 2021. So please have a happy and safe Fourth of July. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Find out more about how they can help you at matthew-james.com. Mostly sunny skies across Acadiana on this 4th of July. Not a bad holiday forecast coming up for you today. A few isolated showers and thunderstorms. No real way around that. We'll see that a little later on in the afternoon. About a 30% chance for some rainfall. It is going to be a hot one today, though. 95 degrees for that high with a heat index that's going to be in the triple digits. Lows in the upper 70s and a little more rainfall on the way for both Tuesday and Wednesday. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPAL. You're listening to a Fox News radio special from Fox Nation, Warrior Ranch, with your host, Johnny Joey Jones. The Warrior Ranch is a facility where veterans and first responders learn to work with racehorses in a number of capacities. The purpose is to help our American heroes deal with issues like post-traumatic stress disorder. At the same time, the horses learn to deal with their own struggles as they're prepared for retirement or adoption. This is the story of the bond between U.S. Army Staff Sergeant James Allen Pennington and retired racehorse, Red. Though Red is successfully communicating with Simonetti, we need to be sure the training is transferable to another owner and rider. So walk that way calmly and just look at him and relax your body. You relax totally. He's cool with you right now. Just relax everything. Go right to it. Good boy. Talk to him. Good boy. Not to him. Go to the house and look at his hindquarters. Good boy. There you go. Kiss to him. There you go. As a racehorse, Red's previous training amounted to running as fast as he could. Now, Red is learning to take cues so he can be a safe and effective riding horse. They have a sensitivity where they can know the needs of a person. They are intuitive to that, and they can bring that person to conclusions about what they need to do in order to function better. Obviously, when you go to war, the pressures and the stresses of being in the military are significant. Hey, you! It's an unreal situation. It's surreal. It's like the worst dream you could be in. Uh, but you're real. It's in real time. Worst day. I just got done with an op and just had a long day. Hadn't had a lot of sleep. We were in an area of the country that was notorious for, for Russian surplus anti-tank mines. And they were all over the place. It's a tough job. Not everybody wants to do it. But uh, there was an area of the perimeter that we haven't really looked at yet. And I was sitting on top of this mound of dirt, had my rifle in my lap, and I was sitting down eating some food. And I seen this little girl um, run off the distance. And I didn't think anything about it until she just exploded right in front of me. I just kind of, kind of got numb. You see children that play all the time. They just don't blow up in your face. It's very difficult. Uh, you almost have to, to carp uh, carpentalize your brain to 
to say, hey, this is one area that happens, and then you got to deal with reality, and then you got to deal with your next mission. So it's very hard to put something like that out of your mind, and it always stays there. I would safely assume if your loved one is going into combat for the first time, that they will never be the same. There is something that they are experiencing that they've never experienced before that will forever change who they are. By the way, it might be very much for the positive. They will learn strengths of character and bonds and loyalty and leadership and selflessness and, and personal courage that they never saw in themselves or others around them. When you're in those situations over and over again, the adrenaline rushes are frequent. And then you bring people back home into situations where it's normal everyday life. The body's response to that change is drastic. And often you'll find these soldiers coming back and doing reckless behaviors. And it has to do with that adrenaline, looking for that adrenaline rush again. <laughs> I am guilty. I, I am the, the atypical cowboy. I got giddy up and a high rate of giddy up. I, I do get concerned because there's had been two or three times where the horse has come back without him. <laughs> And we have to go take the horse and go find him. You know, the average person can't get up on, a, on the back of a 1,500-pound animal and, and move at a high rate of giddy-up. It's just not happening. But he just shakes it off and gets up and gets back on. You know, I mean, when you're in Afghanistan and you're, and you're under fire, you get your back against this big, huge boulder, you make your peace with God, you say, okay, hey, look, I'm not, I'm not going home. So, no, I'm not scared of dying on horses. While getting an adrenaline rush may be fun, Simonetti demonstrates the importance of mutual understanding and respect between rider and horse. Now watch, I'm going to look for pressure on the hind end. Thank you very much. How the hell did you do <laughs> I know. Kind of being new, I'm kind of, I don't want to, I don't want to fail. You know, you, 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 you want to do good, so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little anxious. He, he's probably calming me down more than I am him. Good boy. Good boy. Good boy. Al, he wouldn't do that if you didn't have him right in. I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, you probably couldn't sandblast the smile off my face. Relating to a horse does help with the symptoms of PTSD. Alan made a connection with Red and continues that relationship in order to cope with his PTSD. When you go overseas, you realize a lot of these countries uh, wish they had the freedoms that we have in the United States. And, uh, you know, how do you deal when you go back? It's very tough to, uh, to get into that role of father, mother, without snapping, uh, because the, it, it just affects you so much. Whether it is the role of a parent or a spouse, there are challenges. Some can be frightening. I was very comfortable asleep, sleep being very vulnerable. He was sleeping and I, I touched him. That kind of triggered the, the, the fight response. And he just came up so fast. I, was, I sit up in the bed, immediately straddled her, and I was, I was going to kill her. 
it was it was close. I mean, he was he was probably inches from me. But I think when he realized what was going on, he of course felt horrible because we had just met and he was very apologetic. You know, I mean, once I once I realized what was happening and okay, I'm about to do this and and to who I'm about to do it to, I I was immediately ashamed. I was like, okay, I won't do that again. I'm sorry, because I didn't realize, again, he was just from such a different world than I am. But there again, you got all this, this military training to make it happen, complete the mission. That's how you do it. And you just can't, uh, you know, you, you can't turn it off. I think more people are realizing that uh, the mental aspects can be just as damaging or debilitating as the physical aspects. So the post-traumatic stress disorders, the anxieties, the fears, and many of the soldiers who have the physical injuries also have the PTSD. When you put them in with a horse and they start to relate, they, that brings out the communication about what they're going through. You know, oh, that horse is, is having to do something that he's not trained to do, just like me. And, you know, I wasn't trained to come back. I, you know, I've been trained to fight. Now what do I do with my life? Move that hiney forward. Thank you very much. But now bring that head to me. Watch, watch this. It'll happen. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's cool, dude. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a strong self-awareness it's 90 okay. percent of being great with horses is self-awareness i've learned that i'm definitely not as patient as i should be in the immortal words of mr simonetti people like to succeed and horses like to go slow so that's a challenge i'm always bumping into good now let's keep him going a full lap so if he tries to turn and send that's it good for you oh boy just like that you know I, I see the end goal like a predator and i go from point a to point b but the horse is more of a lateral thinker so i'm thinking less like a predator and trying to convince the animal to be less of a prey animal invite him slowly and talk to him and as he looks at you just drop your shoulders and everything Ah, okay, that was very good. The sensitivity that he's developing with that horse now to manage the horse without violence is a big deal to a soldier because, you know, they're taught the violent aspect of, of you know, protecting our country. And, you know, now putting them with the horse, if you get aggressive with the horse, the horse is going to either do the flight thing or they're going to fight. So, you know, like they are having to be in a situation where they have to unlearn some of those things and be more sensitive and and they pick up the sensitivity of the horse. Coming up, Sergeant Pennington learns and connects with Red as Warrior Ranch continues next. The July 4th holiday is here, but in many cities, it's just too hot and dry for a real fireworks show. But that's okay because the 21st century fireworks replacement is even better. I'm Kim Commando, brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Post a job for free and find qualified candidates quickly at linkedin.com slash Kim. Don't be surprised if tonight up in the sky, you see bright and colorful drones flying in precise patterns, depicting the United States flag in brilliant red, white, and blue LEDs, George Washington, and other animated patterns. They can even simulate actual fireworks. 
Demand is so high that the relatively few drone light show companies have been booked solid for months, meaning there's a business opportunity right here for anyone who can make the investment. Drone light shows cost more than traditional fireworks, but injuries and fires don't happen. Whether you have fireworks or drones, here's wishing you a very happy 4th of July. I post breaking tech news 24-7 at my website. That's commando.com. I believe home should be the safest place on earth for every family. That's why I use and recommend Simply Safe. Simply Safe is advanced whole home security that puts you, your home, and your family's safety first. Simply Safe offers comprehensive protection not only against intruders and burglary, but against expensive home hazards from flooding to fires. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents take action the moment a threat is detected, dispatching police or first responders in an emergency. Simply Safe uses proprietary video verification technology so that monitoring agents can visually confirm the threat in order to get higher priority 911 dispatch. Monitoring plans are affordably priced at a dollar a day with no long-term contract or hidden fees. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafekim.com. Go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring at simplysafekim.com. Live and local every day in Acadiana and the only place you can voice your opinion on your favorite KPL shows. We're your home for news and talk in Acadiana. This is KPL. Welcome back to the Warrior Ranch, a Fox News radio special from Fox Nation. I'm Johnny Joey Jones. You get it? <laughs> I loved his energy around the horses. I mean, he was calm. He was very specific in what he wanted. Now I want him to hook up and... St- I was so pleasantly surprised to see how the horse transitioned to Alan. I never thought he would have responded. I honestly thought that he would maybe regress a little bit into that instinctual part of his brain because it was somebody new to him. It was real, really, really great to see that he made that transition to Alan and was respectful and, and, and had a relationship and was establishing a relationship. And release right there. Good. Boy. Good. Good boy. I was a little worried. I didn't want to not succeed. Now, this was a horse that would barrel right over me. Yes. Wouldn't even think of backing up like that. So you're doing a great job. Good boy. The more I kind of went through the motions and the more Tony talked to me and kind of I got a better grasp of what I was looking for and, and kind of what to do. This is, this is probably one of the coolest things I've ever done. You know, I've been all over the world and with the military and and I've done a lot of cool stuff but uh this is by far the coolest man you'll be my new battle buddy you'll be my new battle buddy yeah <sighs> to associate a horse and make that connection this is my battle buddy that opens up the door to so many things to let out, you know, so many of the, the struggles that he's having to let that out and start talking about it. Because here's a battle buddy. Things that, that happen overseas that are kind of tough to talk about. Uh, I lost it, man. Yeah. All that crap and, and stuff that's just not really good to kind of keep in. It just kind of... All right, deal with it, dude. I'm totally tracking like a Patriot missile on what this horse is going through. 
you're all in it together. And as they say uh, in foxholes, there are no atheists. Everybody says, thank God, let's get out of here alive. And so that battle buddy syndrome where you really, uh, your buddy is, is your best friend. And that type of bond, it's very hard for someone on the outside to realize um, what type of relationship that is. It's a love of somebody that basically is your right-hand man or person that you're depending on, basically, to help you survive. It was so difficult for me not to well up, and it was, it was wonderful you know, to see that connection and to see that Alan was having such a deep emotional reaction to it. To see that means today was a win, success. I mean, home run because this is what we want, right? We want him to identify with how he feels. You know, you, know, you can tell when you're about to, about to lose it. Like, oh my God, I feel this thing in my throat. I'm about to bust out. So it was, it was crazy, but you know, I, I tried to maintain my composure like a good soldier and just kind of happened. The beauty of working with horses, too, because it doesn't end right there in the corral. It's a process that takes place over time. And as they remember and recall different things and associate it with what they did with that horse. And, oh, yeah, the horse did this when I did that. And that, you know, brings awareness of other things. What I took away from the round pen sessions, I applied in other aspects, like dealing with people dealing with stress and just kind of other than just controlling a horse and connecting with a horse I was able to apply these things and you know things just kind of got better with my PTSD even with the children I find him to be more patient he doesn't anger as easily as he did before this having success with the horse does something good for up here and right here four-year-old red successfully completed intensive training with Tony Simonetti I'm happy for him because he would have otherwise been useless to anybody the way he was at, with us at our barn without the training. Nobody was ever going to be able to do anything with him. Nobody was ever going to be able to enjoy him. These horses go out and they have a new future, a new life. And people can enjoy whatever's left of these animals after their career is over. I just can't believe that it's that it's the same horse. I mean, he's totally different. He went from being anxious and nervous all the time, wouldn't let him touch, wouldn't let anyone touch his head, would be a handful to to bring in and out. And now look at him. He's just so calm, relaxed, cooperative, respectful. I mean, he's just a totally different animal. During the time of horse interaction, Alan and Red developed a bond. Now it is time for Red to go home and begin the second chapter. This horse helped him so much. And this horse leaving was almost like a anxiety came over him and he was upset. It's, it's tough. I've gotten emotionally attached to this guy. It's just like being in the army. You got your guy, you know, your battle buddy. He's my civilian battle buddy. You know, maybe me telling this story will help another fellow veteran to say, hey, okay, it's possible. Let's let's do something. You know, let's let's not be afraid to go forward if you're hiding it. 
it's cool, it's okay, it's, you know, people will help you. There really shouldn't be a loss of a single life for a veteran who has post-traumatic stress. Not a single veteran across this morning, we are 22 veterans a day, the answer should be zero. Going to war is a bigger task than they ever faced in their life. And when they can adapt to a horse and feel comfortable with that horse, and the horse is responding to them and achieving the results of them working together as a team, and then they really can overcome many of their ailments, their PTSD. It was good working with the horses. It was good being around with the horses. PTSD was less lethal. I reckon just far exceeded anything I expected. A lot of other veterans are being able to cope with the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder with creative, outside-the-box approaches to treatment. Oh, as you see with Warrior Ranch, you have a veteran being able to develop a special bond with a horse, with a horse that is in need of developing a special bond with a veteran. Just look at the facial expression on Alan. No doubt that horses help people, period. Horses, man. Horses is where it's at. Today, we are proud to be here to sign an agreement that will officially make this the site of the Warrior Ranch Foundation. The time that I spent at Warrior Ranch was very constructive. My life was completely changed. You know, it just completely got me on the right track as far as having a life with, uh, with, with meaningful purpose. And Red has found his forever home and is living happily in Ohio. Thanks for listening to Warrior Ranch, a Fox News radio special from Fox Nation. Go and sign up now at foxnation.com to see more exclusive content. I'm Neil Cavuto, and this is the Fox Business Report. It seems that many teens are clueless when it comes to finances. According to Fidelity Investments' 2022 Teens and Money Study, 72% of the younger generation say they have no knowledge about trading stocks and ETFs, and nearly half of 13- to 17-year-olds say investing feels out of reach for them, and they find the whole process to be totally confusing. Only 11 states in the U.S. require financial literacy as a high school graduation requirement, so educating teens on investing often needs to happen at home. But the outlook isn't totally bleak. Teens that talk to their parents about investing are more than twice as likely to feel confident about finances. And the data also showed that they do want to learn investing skills. And nearly three quarters of teens say they have started educating themselves on trading and investing. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Hillary Barsky, invested in you. Big news. Greta Van Susteren is back. And she's on Newsmax. Tune into Newsmax at 6 p.m. Eastern tonight to watch The Record with Greta Van Susteren and get the real news. Plus, check out the new lineup of Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, and more. Newsmax is on all major cable and streaming platforms. If your cable system doesn't carry Newsmax, call them and demand it. And download the free Newsmax app on your phone. Make the switch to Newsmax today. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a town square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio.
Plenty of questions in Akron. CJ Papa, Fox News. The medical examiner reports Jalen Walker was shot at least 60 times. Akron Police Chief Steve Milet revealing that information as officials release body cam footage of the deadly encounter in Akron. Police firing multiple rounds, killing the 25-year-old black man, whom they claim had a gun and shot at them when officers began a traffic stop. But police admit he was not armed during the foot chase. Demonstrations taking place. The family of Jalen Walker is calling for calm. Demonstrations have been loud, though peaceful. There were eight officers who were directly involved in the shooting. All officers have been placed on paid administrative leave as per department policy. That's Chief Milet. Well, swimmers uh, looking to cool off in the waters off New York's Long Island. Beware on this 4th of July. Officials say a shark attacked the lifeguard during a training exercise. Sunday, closing two beaches. The victim rushed to the hospital, wounds to his chest and hand, reportedly receiving stitches. The Suffolk County executive says the lifeguard is in very good spirits. We all know that onions smell bad, but these onions can make you sick. A brand of Vidalia onions sold by a farming company at public stores across Georgia and other states are recalled after worries about possible listeria contamination. The A&F Farm onions were sold under the Little Bear brand and in bulk in Florida, Massachusetts, New York, and Pennsylvania. So far, no one has become sick. Last remaining Medal of Honor recipient from World War II, Herschel W. Woody Williams, will lie in honor at the U.S. Capitol. The native West Virginia will receive that tribute at a later date. He died at the age of 98 on June 29th. America is listening to Fox News. When you get nachos, tacos, empanadas, spicy queso with jalapenos, Pepto-Bismol's there. Pepto-Bismol provides fast, effective relief from nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, and diarrhea. All the things that can happen unexpectedly on vacation. So before you travel, pack the Pepto. Pepto-Bismol. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with a push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. For Cape Hill News, I'm Brandon Como. A new fiscal year is underway in Louisiana, which means the state's new spending play went into effect on July 1st. Commissioner of Administration Jay Darden says as a result of surplus dollars, the state made a historic investment in every level of education from higher ed to pre-K. And take advantage of the fact that Young people uh, learn at a, an extremely early age, and we're going to be providing some significant incentives now for local school boards to invest in early childhood education. Darden says there are also hundreds of millions of dollars dedicated to improving the state's roads and bridges. He says drivers should see an improvement. There are going to be some really tangible things that the people of Louisiana will see happening that we just didn't expect to happen for quite some time, and that, that is mainly the area of infrastructure development. And the state fire marshal's office wants to remind you to practice firework safety this 4th. 
Spokesperson Ashley Rodriguez says it's always best to attend the public display where professionals are handling them, but if you choose to do your own, make sure it's legal to do so at your location and choose an appropriate one. Relative to property and people, make sure you're about 200 feet away from homes, vehicles, and, and of course, people who are going to be watching. Have a happy 4th of July. Mostly sunny skies across Acadiana on this 4th of July. Not a bad holiday forecast coming up for you today. A few isolated showers and thunderstorms. No real way around that. We'll see that a little later on in the afternoon. About a 30% chance for some rainfall. It is going to be a hot one today, though. 95 degrees for that high with a heat index that's going to be in the triple digits. Lows in the upper 70s. And a little more rainfall on the way for both Tuesday and Wednesday. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 K. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we've watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave Or the land of the free And the home of the season is in full swing and the battle for control of the House and the Senate will be up for grabs this fall. Democrats are hoping to hold their razor-thin majority while Republicans are looking for a red wave in November. I'm Jared Halpern. Over the next hour, we will feature insight from major newsmakers, Fox News reporters and contributors on the current races that are shaping America's future. On the Fox News Rundown from Washington, Democracy 2022, the battle for the majority Fourth of July special. History and math. Those two subjects are the biggest predictors in election forecasting. History tells us this. Midterm elections are usually not kind to the party of the sitting president. Going back to the Truman presidency, the president's party loses on average about 29 House seats two years after being elected. In 2010, two years after the election of President Obama, Republicans flipped 63 seats. Democrats flipped 41 seats in 2018, two years after the election of President Trump. Now, the math. Simply, Republicans don't need to have years anything like those or even the average to win control of the House of Representatives. Right now, Democrats hold a slim majority in the House, 220 to 210. Republicans need a net of less than 10 to win an outright majority. The Senate, 
even slimmer. 35 of the 100 seats are on the ballot. If Republicans win just one more than Democrats, that would flip control in what is now a 50-50 divided chamber, with Democrats often relying on the tie-breaking vote of Vice President Kamala Harris. So that's the history and the math. Now comes current events. And for that, I'm joined by the co-anchor of America's newsroom, Bill Hemmer, who spends plenty of election nights crunching the data at the big board, picking up on what voters are saying. Is there sort of a theme that's emerged from every state that that you've sort of picked up on? Yeah, Jared, hey, good to be with you. Good to be back with you. I'd say the one thing that stands out the most is turnout. Now, in a primary season, you're not going to get the results that you the the volume, I should say, that you would normally get in a regular election, certainly not in a presidential year. Uh, These numbers are significantly lower, I would argue, in some cases and in some states and some races. However, uh, Republicans have the edge and you're seeing the energy on in that party in turnout after turnout and vote after vote. Whether that stands up to November, we'll see. But it makes Republicans feel pretty good about what they're doing. We're also getting a sense of sort of what's driving votes. And it, it, I think this is true both Republicans and Democrats. Um, it, it, it's the economy, right? It's sort of what what, what is motivating them to, to get out. Yeah, uh, inflation is a huge yeah. topic, uh, especially for these Republican candidates. You hear them talk about it all the time. Uh, it's almost as if they're all reading from the same sheet of music, Jared. And I think in some cases they probably are. But inflation, the economy, et cetera, they are big topics. Now, what happens over the next four and a half months? We do know the U.S. Supreme Court is sitting on about 12 to 13 more cases, uh, decisions that have yet to be made public. And within those cases, there's a big gun case that affects potentially Voters in New York and about seven other cases, uh, seven other states, I should say. But there is an abortion case in there that may or may not have a significant impact on what goes down in November. Um, so we're waiting on that. We might get it tomorrow. We might get it Friday. But earlier today, the Supreme Court said they would release publicly uh, decisions on Friday. So we're coming to the end of the term. And as is the case with the biggest decisions in that session, the Supremes usually save the biggest decisions for last. I would expect that to be the case here. Whether that's Friday or into next week remains to be seen. And does that change the calculus for voters come November? It might, depending on the state. It might, depending on the particular race. The particular races are going to matter. And in those tight races, particularly in the Senate, uh, the candidates are going to matter. And, it, it you know, it, you don't have to... Talk to uh, Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell very long for for him to sort of continue to look back and name some candidates and some races from a few years ago who he thinks probably shouldn't have been the the Republican standard bearers. And maybe the the fortunes of the Republican Senate uh, would have been different. Um, He is watching a lot of these races very closely. Um, And in some cases, you may have a uh, sort of establishment McConnell type uh, Republican up against a a Trump endorsed uh, Republican. Uh, How are those races playing out? uh, The the few that we've seen so far. Uh, Great question. Um, Josh Kroshauer was with us a bit earlier today on America's News and with Dana and me. Uh, He he made a great point. Um, I asked him, what's more important now? Is it the message or the messenger? And he said, right now, the messenger has to carry the message. You get that? 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I can understand that. That, that, that. that means the candidate has to be solid. And what I think Republicans have been doing this cycle is they've been going for the best candidate. It reminds me of what Democrats were able to do in 2018. They went out and drafted a lot of members of the U.S. military. Um, they had great backgrounds. Uh, there were substantial resumes. And they did rather well in uh, the second year into President Trump's term. And Republicans are doing that right now. You look at some of these uh, races in Virginia from last night on Tuesday night. Jen Kiggins has a very impressive resume. Uh, she was victorious in the Congressional District 2, which is around the Virginia Beach area, southeastern part of the state, heavily military uh, population. She has a military background. She's a Navy helicopter pilot. Uh, today, she's a nurse practitioner, a mother of four. Very impressive resume. Will be a strong candidate in a district where Republicans think they can flip it. Uh, and it's it's also true in Congressional District number 7. Uh, Yesley Vega, uh, her parents are from El Salvador. They came here as immigrants, fleeing a country that had a bad and corrupt government. Uh, Vega has a law enforcement background. She was a county supervisor in Prince William County, which is a highly populated, as you know, Jared, in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, highly populated area. And so she's going to make she's going to make a very good contest with Abigail Spanberger, who has for the past two election cycles barely won in her old district, uh, District 7, which was down around Richmond, Virginia. Because of redistricting, they took that district and moved it a little more north, which which would favor her, by the way. If, if you look at the mm-hmm. demographics for that district, um, it is plus six or plus seven in favor of Democrats. But it's also the same district where Glenn Youngkin won this past November. Uh, and he won it by five points, I do believe, if memory serves. Yeah, part so, of that uh, county, yeah. Yeah, so th- um, th- this is the kind of... swingy area. Yeah, <laughs> and this is the kind of data, Jared, that a lot of, you know, these the, the politicos dive into to try and get a yeah. read for what you can expect in November. At the same time, you know, I know that there's been some questions about, you know, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, um, about uh, J.D. Vance in Ohio, um, those were not necessarily the first choices for for some uh, conservatives, for some pro, uh, for some even establishment Republicans. Um, have you heard for, from Republican strategists about how they feel about those Senate races? Those are two races that you know would be holds for Republicans. No, not even talking flips. Yeah, um, I, I from what I'm hearing, they feel very good about both, and part of the reason they do is because of the current climate. Given the economy, given mm-hmm. inflation that you mentioned a few moments ago, um, given the gas prices, uh, I, I remember this goes back to April, I believe. Fred Smith, the former CEO of FedEx, he just recently stepped down and became the chairman. He was on with Brett Baer at six o'clock in special report. And Brett was asking him questions about the economy, what he was seeing out there, what's to be expected, et cetera. And if you're chairman of FedEx, you know what commerce is traveling and what people are buying and what they're not buying, what you're shipping and what you're not shipping. It gives you a real measure of the economy. And toward the end of the interview, Brett asked him somewhat of a political question, and he sidestepped it. He said, I'm not going to answer it, but I'll tell you this. I remember being in the Oval Office and Barack Obama told me, If you want to know what my approval rating is, just look at the price of gasoline in America. The two numbers are directly correlated with each other. And this is some of the fierce headwinds that Joe Biden is seeing today. It's the reason why the recent polling have him going lower and lower 
uh, in his approval rating. It's because of the economy, and people are not happy with it. Well, that has been the case in so many elections, to your point, Bill, and will be a driving uh, force as we look forward now to uh, the midterms. Appreciate all of your data, all of your insight. We'll uh, continue to have these conversations because uh, we still got a few more months of this before we do. folks go to the yeah. polls. Thank you, Jared. Good to be with you. Democracy 2022, the battle for the majority will be right back. Welcome back to the Fox News Rundown from Washington, Democracy 2022, the battle for the majority, 4th of July special. I'm Kevin Cork. If you follow politics closely, chances are by now you've probably heard of the so-called Trump effect, which is to say that when the former president throws his support behind a GOP candidate, well, you can just about take it to the bank, they'll win the race they're in. And while that's not always the case, something we've seen more of during this election cycle, it's still something worth pursuing, especially if you want to win a GOP race. And that's just one of the many data points driving what many observers believe will be a red wave on Capitol Hill come November. When Republican Myra Flores won her congressional race in South Texas, she became the first GOP candidate to claim the district in the heavily Hispanic south part of the state. A victory that sent shockwaves across the political spectrum, serving as both a template for victory for Republicans and perhaps more notably, a stern warning for Democrats. There's no doubt that President Trump continues to be a strong, uh, influential uh, force in our party. Paris Denard is a political strategist and the RNC's national spokesperson who spent years tracking voting trends with a particular focus on the GOP, minority outreach and the Trump effect on races across the country. Uh, Because if you go back to what he was able to do uh, in terms of growing the party, diversifying the party, uh, making us uh, the party of the working class, the middle class, uh, there's so many millions of people who came to the Republican Party because of the message and the policies, uh, the America First policies that President Trump put in place. And so when it comes to these different candidates that he's been endorsing across the country, uh, and he has over a 95% success rate uh, thus far, uh, Republican voters, and quite frankly, Democrat and independent voters who are looking at these different candidates, look to President Trump's endorsement and say, you know what, if he's endorsing uh, someone that is going to carry out the successful, inclusive agenda that he had while he was president, then that could be someone that I want to support. So we are, we think as the Republican National Committee that uh, the Republican voters are going to ultimately make up their, their minds for themselves and who best to serve. But we certainly appreciate the work that President Trump has done to continue to engage not only with the RNC, but also with the grassroots supporters, keeping them engaged, keeping them involved so that you can see tremendous results like we've seen in places like uh, the Rio Grande Valley in South Texas. Yeah, that's exactly a great point to make, in particular when you consider the district down there. Of course, uh, Paris and I are speaking of Republican Myra Flores. She beat the Democrat there, Dan Sanchez, uh, to represent the 34th Congressional District in Texas. Uh, She's the first GOP candidate in that area, Paris, uh, to represent that area since 1870. She's also the first U.S. Congresswoman to be born in Mexico. And I mention her because... 
she's in a district, uh, Paris, that's like 85% Hispanic. And to flip that district from blue to red is not only historic, it is eye-opening, and it could be fear-inducing for Democrats. What say you? I think Democrats right now are running scared at the tremendous inroads that the Republican National Committee is making across the country under the leadership of Ronna McDaniel. When you look at uh, the success of Myra Flores, who is going to be sworn in as a United States Congresswoman uh, uh, this evening, uh, Tuesday evening, uh, it is a, it is a testament to the work of so many people who are working to expand our party, get these candidates out of these primaries and, and elect it. But it's also a testament to how intentional uh, the Republican National Committee has been. Uh, when you look at the fact that we have over 30 Republican National Committee community centers in the black community, Hispanic community, Asian, Pacific American community, Jewish community, and even the Native American community, it shows that we are serious about minority engagement. We also have this new uh, thing we call RCI, which is Republicans, Republican Civics Initiative, where we are utilizing our uh, community engagement coordinators across the country through our community centers and actually helping to uh, uh, train and, and give the, the, the lesson plans to help uh, legal residents here study for the civics portion of their uh, exam to become naturalized citizens. Because we believe that people want to become U.S. citizens and we want to be the party of legal immigration. And so for these American people who want to become full American citizens, the Republican National Committee is going to be there to help them pass their civics tests. And so we're intentional on our, on our engagement. And I think Democrats are running scared for a few reasons. One, because they know the economy under the Biden-Harris administration is terrible and it's disproportionately impacting uh, minorities, the middle class and seniors on fixed incomes. And two, the strategic engagement that we're having at a nationwide effort uh, to bring in new people uh, into our party. Uh, Democrats don't know what to do but run scared. Uh, but Republicans know what to do, and that's continue to engage, continue to help win elections, and continue to show up on election day to uh, retire Nancy Pelosi once and for all. I want to uh, share this uh, interesting quote. The uh, Latino organization Bienvenido in Action uh, really went after the president and the Democrats uh, for what they called reckless and unpopular policies. Um, this was a really tough uh, quote from their organization that said by electing Republican Myra Flores to Congress, Hispanics are telling the rest of the country that we are fed up with reckless liberal policies and want change. The statement reads, it goes on to say Myra won because she ran a campaign rooted in our community's values, God, family and country. You probably heard Rodolfo Rosales of uh, LULAC. He's the uh, Texas State Director of LULAC. That's probably the oldest uh, Latino civil rights group in the U.S. He said, listen, one election's not going to dictate whether or not we're moving toward the GOP or moving against it. But I do think the polling that I've read, and, and I'm sure you've seen similar numbers, really seem to be reflecting, Paris, a real interesting shift here. I think for the longest time, Democrats, at least at the national level, sort of felt like, listen, we have a pretty good stronghold on the African-American vote. We have a pretty sizable stronghold on the Hispanic vote. As long as their numbers grow organically and through immigration, that will make us stronger. That will turn Texas purple and eventually blue, and it's over. But I think what you're noticing, and even if we didn't look at uh, Myra Flores' election, uh, I can point to a, to a poll I just saw, the Quinnipiac survey, 
It said President Biden's performance among Hispanics was at just 24 percent. This could be a real switch and a sea change politically that could have massive impact, not just in the state of Texas, but all across the country, Paris. Kevin, you're absolutely right. And I think the LULAC person was mistaken to think that this is only an isolated incident with Myra Flores, because you can point to the fact that uh, we recently elected a, a Republican mayor of McAllen, Texas, which is uh, down in southern Texas as well. And Good you can point. point to you can point to other examples of, of flipping seats in California outside of Texas that we had with Mike Garcia, with Young Kim, with Michelle Park Steele. You know, so the the, the party is is diversifying and changing. Uh, and, and it's a good thing to see these diverse candidates not only put their name in the hat to run for office, but also to uh, win outright in these different primaries that we're seeing. We've seen hundreds of minority Republicans running for office, and we're seeing them come as vic- vic- victoriously out of these primaries. And the road to November in the midterm elections is, and, and, and the, the attempt to retire Nancy Pelosi and get rid of Chuck Schumer and his leadership role is going to be won because of the fact that minority Republicans are running and winning. Paris Denard, always a pleasure to spend time with you. We thank you for spending time with us today. And the next time you head out to Pepperdine, be sure to give me a call. Beautiful country out there. I sure will. Kevin, good to talk to you. Democracy 2022, the battle for the majority will be right back. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Find out more about how they can help you at matthew-james.com. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the KPEL News app. Now the headlines from the KPEL News Center. For KPL News, I'm Brandon Como. A new fiscal year is underway in Louisiana, which means the state's new spending play went into effect on July 1st. Commissioner of Administration Jay Darden says as a result of surplus dollars, the state made a historic investment in every level of education, from higher ed to pre-K. He also says there are hundreds of millions of dollars dedicated to improving the state's roads and bridges. There are concerns the state's economy may decline because of high gas prices and inflation, but Darden is optimistic. The economic forecast they use to produce the budget will hold up. The budget forecast for this year is, is going to be one that it's not going to put us in a position where we'll have to be dealing with any mid-year budget cuts. The state fire marshal's office wants to remind you to practice firework safety this fourth. Spokesperson Ashley Rodriguez says it's always best to attend the public display where professionals are handling them. But if you choose to do on on your own, make sure it's legal to do so at your location and choose an appropriate one. According to the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, 11,000 injuries were caused by fireworks in 2021. So please have a happy and safe 4th of July. Mostly sunny skies across Acadiana on this 4th of July. Not a bad holiday forecast coming up for you today. A few isolated showers and thunderstorms. No real way around that. We'll see that a little later on in the afternoon. About a 30% chance for some rainfall. It is going to be a hot one today, though. 95 degrees for that high with a heat index that's going to be in the triple digits. Lows in the upper 70s and a little more rainfall on the way for both Tuesday and Wednesday. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Depend on it. Welcome back to the Fox News Rundown from Washington, Democracy 2022, the battle for the majority, 4th of July special. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. 
Depending on who you ask, either a small red wave is coming this fall in midterm elections or a giant one. And the confidence of the pundits and politicians on this may vary based on political preference. You can see it already now in 2022, Democrats scrambling, seeing the polling that's out there. There is going to be a giant red wave, and that red wave starts in 2022. South Carolina Republican Congresswoman Nancy May spoke to Fox and Friends first before she won her primary race in June. But if you listen to the co-hosts of The View, it's not a done deal. I think people will be more informed, and so I do agree with Joy. We don't know that that red wave is coming because that red wave is based on a big lie. But even Massachusetts Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren recently warned of a shellacking if Democrats don't do something big, pass something big, that helps the American people. I think we're going to be in real trouble if we don't get up and deliver, then I believe that Democrats are going to lose. Now, historically, the precedent is the president's party loses House seats in midterms. Kyle Kondik, managing editor at Sabato's Crystal Ball, says on average, the president's party loses about 27 seats in midterms. History tells us that the president's party struggles in the midterm, and that can be exacerbated by having an incumbent president who's unpopular, as Joe Biden is. Uh, and so I think Republicans have to feel really good about their position in the House. As the president's poll numbers sink, he's been using some new language, adding the word ultra to MAGA and linking nearly all Republicans to former President Trump. This is not your father's Republican Party, as I said. But what will individual Democrats in individual districts do? Will they imitate White House messaging or distance themselves from elements of the party. This is a difficult season for Democrats. Juan Williams is a Fox News political analyst. What we're seeing in terms of the political landscape fits with all the historical precedent going back to, you know, 2012 with Obama, 2018 with Trump, and now 22 with Biden, which is that typically the incumbent party gets swallowed. I mean, just beat up big time in midterms, huge losses. So when we look at people who indicate, you know, what do you think about the direction of the country? Very pessimistic. Another indication that likely the Democrats are in for a whooping. Now, how can they turn that around becomes the question. How do they identify with the large sense of angst, disappointment, disapproval in the American mind. Is another part of the strategy for Democrats, you know, distancing yourself from the president or the party. Like, you know, some of the more vulnerable Democrats have said they they disagreed with the president on the border and like Title 42. And Tim Ryan, as you know, running for Senate in Ohio, was asked if, if he would want the president to campaign with them. And he said after pausing for a few seconds, you know, he'd welcome any support, but that he's the candidate running. How much strategy is there in that if you're if you're vulnerable, if you're in a swing district and you're reading the room that people are unhappy with certain things? Well, I think it's very important to read the room in the case of someone, you know, let's take Ohio. You know, he's going to say, listen, I'm not sure how Biden might play in this room at this moment, but let's not ignore the reality. Biden would be a tremendous attention getter in terms of media if he came to visit and campaign. And he's also a tremendous fundraiser. So that's something to keep in mind. It might be that you want to think about the timing. So the room might be cold right now. It might get hot a little later, and then it might get cool or some other temperature down the road in which Biden would fit ideally.
But the point is, you've got to be able to read the room and understand that Biden is unpopular in many areas of the country right now. But again, be very careful, and you'll hear this from strategists. Who is Biden unpopular with? We know he's unpopular with Republicans. But again, you come back to those swing voters. And, you know, a lot of times we don't define who that swing voter is. But if you go into, you know, a suburban Richmond district or you go into Ohio, you're not going to get ardent Republican voters. They're locked in as opponents of a Democratic candidate for House, for Senate, for whatever. But if you're talking to a white suburban female, if you really wanted to boil it down, and watch the TV ads, listen to your radio ads, understand where the dollars are being focused, it would be on that white female suburbanite. She's a mom. She's involved with the schools because of her kids. She's someone who cares about taxes because she is, if she's not paying the bills at the kitchen table, she's going to the mall. And she is just coming back, if you're thinking about the fall election, from having to buy school supplies and school clothes and all that. So these things matter. And that's the audience you're speaking to. And right now, that audience is available to Democrats. The question is, what's the message that can persuade that person, given Biden's lack of popularity, given the difficulty with the economy, what can persuade that person to say, you know what, I'm fed up. I really want to throw a spitball at the people in power, but hold on a second. Why wouldn't I? And that's that's what the Democratic candidate has to convey. Here's the reason not to throw your spitball at us. Now that the Supreme Court has upheld Mississippi's law and overturned Roe versus Wade, how much will that impact Democrats' messaging and how they fight this fall? I think it's really going to be a dominant message from Democrats that the Supreme Court has acted contrary to public sentiment on this issue. Right now, it's more than two-thirds of Americans support legal abortion and leaving Roe v. Wade in place. So the court's actions are evidence that the Democrats can offer that a conservative Supreme Court, six to three, has run over precedent, run over 50 years of settled law in order to achieve a conservative aim, which is making abortion illegal in terms of not being a constitutional right and leaving right. it up to states. To the states, right. So she, they will say, hey, wait a second, again, look at what the option is. More of this kind of anti-democratic, anti-public sentiment, anti-women's rights, and you have every reason to be excited and send a message to the Supreme Court that you don't like it. And you can do that by voting for me. How do you think the president is doing on defense right now? You know, I think they're in a difficult spot because I think there is so much discontent in the land, so much as we've talked about people saying we think the country's headed in the wrong direction, so much polarization. And right now, if you listen to Republican media, if you listen to Republican politicians, it's not that they have answers. It's not that they have an agenda that says, oh, yeah, here's what we would do about inflation. 
if you say, what would you do about gun violence? It's not that they are, you know, ready with their own prescription. They don't have one. Hmm. But what they do have in this moment is their status as the outsider who is also discontented and attacking what they argue is the elite establishment Democratic Party. So you've got to get, if you are the president, you've got to communicate with the voters that, hey, we're not the elites. We represent you. We're the party of the working class man and woman. We're the party that understands and cares about people who are worried about violence. We're the party of people who understand that if you're, you know, worried right now about COVID, that we want to make sure you have a vac, you know, vaccine or you have protections, et cetera. We're trying to get us back to normal. That's the argument that the Democrats are trying to make at this critical moment. And I must say, even now, as we're, you know, July 4th, the election is, you know, four or five months away. But even now, voter positions are being cemented. And now is when the message has to be delivered. You cannot wait until September, Labor Day, to start your messaging. That messaging has to be active right now. Juan Williams, thank you so much for your time. Jessica, always a pleasure. I'm glad to be able to help. Democracy 2022, the battle for the majority will be right back. Welcome back to the Fox News Rundown from Washington, Democracy 2022, the battle for the majority, 4th of July special. It's hard to think about 2022 without thinking ahead to 2024. After all, the strength of both 2024 frontrunners at this early stage will be tested in November as former President Trump, still the most influential Republican, holds rallies and gets involved in key races across the country. And like most midterms, the elections in so many places will serve as a referendum on the party in power, testing President Biden's political strength. All the while, there is a pretty obvious question. Will 2024 be a rematch of 2020, another Biden versus Trump election? The midterms could help answer that. So let's not waste any time talking 2024 and bring in Kyle Kondik, a regular voice on our Democracy 2022 coverage and the managing editor of Sabato's Crystal Ball at the University of Virginia's Center for Politics. Yeah, it seems like there are some Democrats who basically don't want Biden to run again um, and are, uh, you know, would like to see a fresh face in 2024 and are concerned about Biden's age, et cetera. Um, And I'll also say that, you know, maybe there are things going on behind the scenes that we don't know about that are getting reflected in some of these um, uh, reports or comments that that come out. But, you know, from the White House's perspective, even if Biden has decided not to run again, and there's no indication he, he has made a decision like that, but even if he did... Um, there's no reason to let that news come out now because as soon as it, as soon as it, it would become clear that Biden was running again, if in fact he doesn't, um, he'd be a lame duck, and uh, uh, it would and forget about your legislative agenda. Right, and I, mean, I think Biden already has kind of some trouble breaking through. You know, if 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 one of Trump's problems that it was that he was sort of ever present and too much in people's lives, kind of wonder if Biden has sort of the opposite problem in that, in the midst of. A lot of challenges. He doesn't seem as um, he just doesn't seem to to be kind of 
dominating the conversation the way that Trump did. And again, you know, that, that in some ways we we elect new presidents to correct for what we see as the problems with the past president. And I think that Biden was is someone who you know was never going to be as um, as 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 public and in your face as Trump was, but uh, I just wonder if um, you know. It just seems like that the, there are these problems going on, be it inflation or gas prices or what have you, and that um, you know the, the the White House is not necessarily seen as having answers to those things. But um, whatever Biden's influence problems are now, he'd have even less influence if it became clear he wasn't running again. So um, uh, there's just no reason for the White House to take any posture other than what they've already said, which is that he's running again. And if you're a Democrat, is there a natural successor to Biden? Is it the vice president, Kamala Harris? I mean, that, that's generally the, the way that the, the torch is passed. Yeah. And, and look, I think that, that Harris would, you know, you certainly would expect her to run in the event of uh, a Biden retirement. Um, and I would imagine Harris probably would start as the polling front runner. And, and then the question is whether she's strong enough to um, push other candidates out and, and, you know, push them away from running. And I don't think that people look at Harris as a, incredibly imposing figure within the Democratic Party. Um, but, you know, one thing that you would have to take take note of is that, you know, part of the reason that Biden won was that or won the nomination was that he was so strong with black voters. And I could imagine that Harris, as the incumbent black vice president, mm-hmm. um, uh, would would also be very strong with black voters um, in a way that she wasn't in her run in 2020. And, and that would be something that her potential rivals would have to um would have to try to, you know, uh, uh, figure out and, 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 you know, uh, try to uh, tamp down on that support. So um, I do think you'd probably see a, a fair number of other Democrats running because I just don't think Harris is strong enough um, to dissuade a bunch of people run from running. I don't think she's like, like for instance, Al Gore in 2000, you know, he was, he did have a challenge from, from, from Bill Bradley, but, right. um, but Gore was the leader the whole time and, and won the nomination relatively easily. Uh, this, I think, is it would be a different situation. Let's talk about uh, Donald Trump, who still believes that he won the, the 2020 election. So is that if he decides to run w- what he's running on? I mean, he would have to sort of present an alternative to Biden, right? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, and, you know, I do think that presidential elections, you know, ideally are kind of forward looking. But, but I think Trump would be very much backward looking. Uh, I mean, that's how he's been in so much, you know, he's been, he's been so present for a former president and um, so public about his, his complaints. And there's, you know, there there are a lot of complaints and not a whole lot of evidence coming from the former president and, uh, and his camp. Um, So it'd be just be interesting to see how he would actually run if in fact he does run. And, you know, there, there are a lot of indications that he is going to run again, but we'll just have to wait and see um, when and if he actually jumps in. I mean, that's fascinating, isn't it? Like he's, every indication that he's running um, right and and you know there's been what are you looking of, for to say like that's it he's got he's like is it him saying i'm running yeah I, I think so i think you know and and uh um you know i i think that from from a democrat's perspective you know they seem to want to keep trying to tie other tie republicans to trump and sort of take advantage of trump being a very public ex-president and someone who uh you know, certainly a lightning rod um, political figure. And of course, if Trump was actually a nominee for pre- or, or was an announced candidate for president prior to the midterm, well, that would probably make Trump a little bigger deal in the midterm. And yeah. Democrats desperately want to make this election something other than a referendum on the state of the country and on Biden because Biden's unpopular and people are pessimistic about the state of the country right now. So if you're, I don't know, Ron DeSantis, Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, 
25 or 30 other Republicans um, who are making regular trips to New Hampshire and Iowa. Um, what, what are you, I mean, do you wait? I mean, how long can you wait? Uh, it takes usually about a year and a half to run for president. Yeah, I mean, you know, you'd expect, um, you, you would typically expect there to be people announcing for president, uh, you know, right after the midterm. Right maybe, after, yeah, I was going to say, like, maybe, 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 maybe the they wait until like the new year. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and and look, I mean, the longer Trump waits, the more it might kind of push others to wait, too. Um, that's sort of the advantage, I guess, that Trump has in waiting is that um, if, it, if it's sort of unclear as to whether he's running again, he sort of, you know, again, he freezes out some folks. But there may be some people who just decide to run anyway. Yeah, I would think that if Trump were to be defeated in a Republican primary, which, I mean, if he'd certainly start as the favorite, then you'd, you'd see how things develop. Mm-hmm. But um I think he would bet really benefit from a divided field like the way he did in 2016. Uh, you know, he, he's uh, uh, if it's if it's like, you know, DeSantis versus Trump and it's like just them and they're the only two like real credible candidates. You know, maybe that's a situation where you could actually imagine DeSantis winning. But if it's like DeSantis, Pence, Nikki Haley, 10 other candidates and Donald Trump, you'd say, oh, well, Trump is actually in better position there because the vote would be splintered in such a way that he would be advantaged. Of course, we saw from the, you know, the, the, the 2016 primary that the way that the Republican delegates are allocated and awarded in uh, on their side, it, it, you know, if you're a plurality winner, you're still getting a lot of the delegates. You're getting more of the delegates than maybe the share, your share of the vote might, you might think otherwise. So, um, a, a big splintered field, I think, would actually help, uh, you know, help Trump. Well, we'll have plenty of data points between now and then, but it's never too early to start thinking about those, those presidential races. They, they come up on us awfully fast uh, every four years. So, Kyle, appreciate the time. Uh, have a great summer, friend. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Fox News Rundown from Washington. Democracy 2022, the battle for the majority, 4th of July special. You can subscribe to the Fox News Rundown from Washington podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. This has been a production of Fox News Radio. I'm Charles Payne, and this is the Fox Business Report. Looking for a summer getaway? You'll pay a lot more for your flight. You'll have fewer options and could be facing delays and cancellations. Summer airfares are up as much as 94% from last year and 66% higher than 2019. There's a disconnect in supply and demand for air travel. While people are eager to travel again, airlines are dealing with a staff shortage, partly because they encouraged workers to retire during the pandemic and jet fuel is contributing to higher prices if you're traveling to europe low-cost airline easyjet is cutting thousands more flights this summer london's gatwick and amsterdam airports have reduced capacity and easyjet is dealing with staff shortages on the ground and in the air that's your fox business report i'm Ginny coselda invested in you Big news. Greta Van Susteren is back, and she's on Newsmax. Tune into Newsmax at 6 p.m. Eastern tonight to watch The Record with Greta Van Susteren and get the real news. Plus, check out the new lineup of Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, and more. Newsmax is on all major cable and streaming platforms. If your cable system doesn't carry Newsmax, call them and demand it. And download the free Newsmax app on your phone. Make the switch to Newsmax today. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a town square media station.
Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Anchor in Akron, C.J. Papa, Fox News. Police body cam released uh, their body cam uh, by the cops in Akron, Ohio, following a police-involved shooting that left a man dead. Now, Fox's Tanya J. Powers has more. As the investigation into the police shooting death of Jalen Walker continues, reaction to the released video of the incident provoked demonstrators to march peacefully through the streets of Akron yesterday. I can't say his name! Walker, who was unarmed, was killed on June 27th in a pursuit that started with an attempted traffic stop. Akron Police Chief Steve Milet says it's not clear just how many shots were fired by the eight officers involved. The ME's report indicates over 60 wounds to Mr. Walker's body. An attorney for Walker's family says officers kept firing even after he was on the ground. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. Akron police say a firearm and loaded magazine were recovered from the vehicle. Happy birthday, America. 246 years young today. Many cities are celebrating with fireworks while Orlando, Florida is saying it's sorry for an inflammatory 4th of July post referencing division and hate. Florida Congressman Michael Walsh represents a district northeast of Orlando. We may not be perfect, but we work things out uh, through our elections and our courts, through debate. Uh, and, and we're always seeking to improve. Walls on Fox and Friends, Orlando still has plans to hold a fireworks show tonight. Some cities in the Southwest, like Phoenix, canceling their fireworks show due to supply chain concerns. Others are worried about sparking wildfires. Another bloody weekend in Chicago. At least 35 people shot five dead. Uh, cops say a 10-year-old boy was shot three times with the wall of his bedroom Sunday night in the Inglewood neighborhood. He was taken to the hospital. He is listed in good condition, according to police. America is listening to Fox News. When you get nachos, tacos, empanadas, spicy queso with jalapenos, Pepto-Bismol's there. Pepto-Bismol provides fast, effective relief from nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, and diarrhea. All the things that can happen unexpectedly on vacation. So before you travel, pack the Pepto. Pepto-Bismol. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution, DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. For Cape Hill News, I'm Brandon Como. A new fiscal year is underway in Louisiana, which means the state's new spending play went into effect on July 1st. Commissioner of Administration Jay Darden says as a result of surplus dollars, the state made a historic investment in every level of education from higher ed to pre-K. And take advantage of the fact that young people uh, learn at a, an extremely early age, and we're going to be providing some significant incentives now for local school boards to invest in early childhood education. Darden says there are also hundreds of millions of dollars dedicated to improving the state's roads and bridges. He says drivers should see an improvement. There are going to be some really tangible things 
that the people of Louisiana will see happening that we just didn't expect to happen for quite some time. And that, that is mainly in the area of infrastructure development. And the state fire marshal's office wants to remind you to practice firework safety this 4th. Spokesperson Ashley Rodriguez says it's always best to attend the public display where professionals are handling them. But if you choose to do your own, make sure it's legal to do so at your location and choose an appropriate one. Relative to property and people, make sure you're about 200 feet away from homes, vehicles, and, and of course, people who are going to be watching. Have a happy 4th of July. Mostly sunny skies across Acadiana on this 4th of July. Not a bad holiday forecast coming up for you today. A few isolated showers and thunderstorms. No real way around that. We'll see that a little later on in the afternoon. About a 30% chance for some rainfall. It is going to be a hot one today, though. 95 degrees for that high with a heat index that's going to be in the triple digits. Lows in the upper 70s. And a little more rainfall on the way for both Tuesday and Wednesday. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 K. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail Twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallant. America's birthday. It's Fox Across America's July 4th Radio Barbecue Bash with Jimmy Fallon. From the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters, it is Fox Across America's July 4th Radio Barbecue Bash. I am your host, Jimmy Fallon, and today we are celebrating the greatest country in the world, the greatest source of good the world has ever known. That's right, America is 246 years old. It's now the same age as President Joe Biden. Come on, man. But we're going to be blowing out the candles 
with all of my favorite Fox pals. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott will be here on the government side of things. Brian Brenberg, Fox News contributor, associate professor of economics, a proud patriot joining us as well. And on a day when we honor the father of our country, George Washington, and so many of our founding fathers, we will also hear from my son, Lincoln Fela, who joins me today on the show to celebrate what can only be described as the greatest country in the history of the world. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. It's a big day for the country. It is a big day for me. I, of course... I'm getting ready to host the 4th of July special on the 5. That's where I'll be spending my 4th of July. I'll be on the 5 hosting that special. And later on at 8 o'clock on the East Coast, I will be doing Fox News' live fireworks coverage. But we begin with some you and me time right here on the radio on a day that's very much going to function like a barbecue. I'm going to have friends drop by. It's going to be a lot of food talk. It's going to be a lot of fireworks talk, but mainly food talks. Because if you know anything about me, if you ever watch me on TV, I am so obsessed with food. Fox has basically had to pay somebody to walk around and knock the brownies and the sweets out of my hand between TV hits. Put that cookie down now. There he is now. Uh, and I am a guy that grew up just absolutely adoring the 4th of July because my story is that I grew up in Levittown, New York, which was the biggest post-World War II settlement for American GIs returning home from the war. Everybody in my community was a veteran. I basically grew up near a lot of old men. You should never make a sudden move around. Ever. You know what I mean? You don't want to give one of these guys a flashback or, you know. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. But the one thing they all had in common when they weren't threatening to beat me up for playing hide-and-seek in their yard or hitting the ball over their fence is they all flew the flag. They all flew the flag proudly. That's what I come from. That's why my radio show, Day In and Day Out, I always say it's a celebration of our unique American privilege. But it is, okay, because if you live in this country... You know, you don't hear a lot of this in our politics in this day and age because there's a lot of victimhood being peddled. Oh, you can't do it. You need the government to help. So vote for us. You know, that whole thing. But the truth is, if you live in this country, you are part of the world's one percent. You would rather be you in America than you would anywhere else. The overall quality of life here better no matter what you are, black, white, gay, Asian, straight. It doesn't matter. You could be a Yankee fan like me. You could be one of those lunatic Red Sox fans up in Boston where they had the tea party. doesn't really matter. The point is if you live in America, you have hit the lottery. He knows what he's talking about. And growing up in that environment where the 4th of July was always a nonstop barbecue, a lot of fireworks. I grew up in the 80s. Paris didn't care in the 80s. They just gave you fireworks to get you out of their face. And then they went in the bar backyard and started barbecuing or swimming in their above-ground pools that I grew up around. And me and my brothers would literally, as hard as this is to fathom, okay, in an era where kids now have apps on their phones that allow their parents to track them depending on what room in the house they happen to be in, we were turned loose on the streets of Long Island with bottle rockets to shoot at each other. What the hell did you just say? I know. In this day and age, your parents would be arrested for that. 
But I grew up in a, a far less tame version of America where we didn't actually play a heck of a whole lot of defense. But when it came to loving the country, okay, it was the one thing we always did right. You might not like our parental standards back then. We spanked the kids. Oh, did we spank the kids? I grew up in an Italian house, which means not only did I get beat as a kid, but my parents used weapons, like weapons. Every Italian kid got beat with either a belt or a spoon, and that was never the worst part. The worst part was you had to go get it for them. Could you imagine in this day and age when I had a toothache as a little kid, my grandma put brandy on my gums to knock me out? You couldn't do that in this day and age. And I'm not even saying you should, but the one thing we should absolutely positively carry forward from that era is the love for country, is the desire to put country ahead of party. And it's the thing I try to do every day on the radio. I say all the time, I'm a talk show host. I'm not an activist. It's not my job to steer your vote. It's my job to create a forum where we can all share our views honestly without fear of being canceled or chased out of a restaurant. It's my job to give us a place where Americans can be what they were meant to be, which is free range chickens, man. E pluribus unum. Our founding fathers said out of many one. That's why we fought the British. We wanted to all do our own thing, whether it was religiously, whatever the case may be, whether it was financially. We didn't want the government dictating our every move because, as the great Ronald Reagan once said, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Our founding fathers knew that, and that's why they were willing to go to war for the freedoms you enjoy and in a lot of instances take for granted. But this was a road worth traveling because we sit here on the other end of it at a time where, yeah, we're very divided as far as our politics are concerned. But again, in a world where you are what your record says you are, there's a lot of people on the left that'll tell you, oh, America, slavery, blah, blah, blah. Nobody will ever deny that America was founded in a different time where we had different standards. But the fact that a lot of those standards didn't age well as it pertains to, say, slavery, which was a heinous stain on our country, the fact remains no country has done more to level that playing field and create an environment of inclusion than the one you happen to live in now. There's a lot of people in politics that want you to believe America in 2022 is America in 1822. But the truth is that's not remotely close to the truth. We're not going to sit here. And listen to you, bad mouth, the United States of America. No, we are not. It was a country that began with just 2.5 million people. When we won our independence from the British, it has ballooned to 325 million people. A country now that is a economic and military superpower a country so strong that according to the National Sausage and Hot Dog Council, we can eat 150 million hot dogs every year on the 4th of July and still live to tell the tale. If that's not strength, I don't know what is. The point being, America is 246 years old, and some of my favorite Americans are going to be joining us to discuss something Ted Cruz called Freedom! The show you can always count on to do the job. A three-letter word. Jobs. J-O-B-S. Jobs. Happy Fourth of July from Fox Across America. The loudest voices on the biggest issues impacting your life. Continuing the long tradition of informing you in Acadiana. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Depend on it.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are, of course, celebrating the 246th birthday of America with a host of my favorite patriots. Uh, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott's going to be here. Lincoln Fallon is going to be in the house if we can sober him up in time. But joining us now on the show, a guy who is keenly aware of his unique American privilege. He did not get it from rooting for the Minnesota Twins, I assure you that. Uh, but he has rooted for America and won at every turn. Brian Brenberg joins us on the show. Hey, man. Oh, good to talk to you, Jimmy. Listen, I consider you an All-American, as you know. We're two guys who grew up in Mickey Mantle houses. We love the country. We loved, I don't know that you love the Yankees, but you love the Mick, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. But you don't want to spend the whole show talking about that, do you? I don't, I don't think you do, but we can go there if you want to. No, no, we've got important things to get into. It's a 4th of July celebration. We're going to talk about hot dogs, beer, and fireworks. No question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, we've been reading all of these stats, Brenberg, and one of the fascinating ones that jumped out at me, and you tell me if you consider this high or low, okay? According to the National Sausage and Hot Dog Council, Americans are expected to eat 150 million hot dogs over the July 4th holiday. Does that sound high to you or low? Wait, are we talking about what's going to be eaten at the Brenberg household <laughs> on 4th of July? or what's... No, I lo look, hot dogs... Hot dogs are the great American food, okay? They're appropriate at any occasion, but especially at 4th of July because, you know, 4th of July, you just have the grill going all day long, and you got to have a brat or a hot dog sitting on that thing to create the right aroma, right? There's an aroma to the 4th of July, mm -hmm. and it's the sausage, and it's the hot dog, and that's what it's all about. You, you said that with the passion of a man who's putting on a girdle. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, you know, this is what kept, you know, you want to go, this is what kept, kept Babe Ruth trim and fit. The guy blasted 714 homers because he ate hot dogs, you know, before, <laughs> after, and during every game. That's how it works. It's great American food. Isn't it funny when you think of America, because baseball is the national pastime, that's why I'm always bringing it up. It's funny to talk about the exploits of players and managers. If you remember Jim Leland, he used to smoke cigarettes in the dugout. Isn't it so funny in this day and age to picture a manager smoking a cigarette? Well, it's, it's yeah, but you know, there's, there's something good about it, too, because, you know, he's... He's managing a baseball game. Look, he's not running a marathon. He's not, you know, he's not trying to pitch nine innings. He's got to think, okay? So that man thinks by, you know, taking a drag of his cigarette, sitting back, okay, you know, where do I pinch hit? Who bunts here? That, like, that's what makes baseball great. It's the guys who do the, the things you don't expect. That's what makes America great, the people who do the things you don't expect. They come out of nowhere. They come out of the woodwork. They, you know, they come out of – central pennsylvania or ohio or central minnesota and they do something that nobody ever thought was possible and that's the essence of the american experiment oh it's so true i mean it's the ultimate underdog story when we fought the british we were i believe 55 point underdogs in vegas <laughs> like people might George have bet Washington, the points he's past his prime he can't do this he's past his prime he's got no arm left <laughs> Let's go to Mel Kuyper Jr. Now, Mel, you saw the king working out. <laughs> You're telling me his 40-yard dash is, is not as good as it used to be. <laughs> Woo, 
we're talking to Brian Brenberg. We're celebrating America. But it's true. Plenty of people might have bet America plus the 55 points, but no one bet us to win outright. But we won outright. And that's always been the American story is that of the underdog. And, you know, I'm always no, championing I- that cause because I think in the day and age we live in, it's my greatest frustration, is there's so much defeatism in politics now. Because they're selling you so much state dependency, so much government dependency, that we went from eight years of Obama saying, yes, we can, to a lot of no, we can't. And I just don't know, since we're talking about sports, you've never heard a pregame speech that begins with, we can't pull this off, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look, and, and, you know, you kind of take it back to hot dogs, too. I mean, you know, hot dogs are the food of the underdog, you Mm -hmm. know? Hot dogs are that was the that was the the U.S. uh, That was the Revolutionary War machinery of the U.S. of the of the of the colonies. We were the hot dog of an army. And but the hot dog stays on the grill and it's there for you. And you get into the you you get into late innings, you grab it, you throw some ketchup on it and and the the ball game is yours. I mean, that's. (laughs) You know, like that's what you don't you don't win you don't win revolutionary wars eating caviar. Oh. You know, you win revolutionary wars eating hot dogs. You gotta want it. You know, a lot of people don't tell you this. <laughs> but in the in the famous image of Washington crossing the Delaware, they've they've airbrushed out the hot dog that he was holding in his hand. It was I believe it was a Thumans. I know Nathan's is big on the fourth of July, but I do believe it was a Thumans, correct? <laughs> and you know, the, the 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 relish he had piled on that hot dog and the, nobody knows this but the mustard the guy was all about the mustard all over the place but you know that's what it takes right you got to cut the mustard if you want a written revolutionary war that was washington for you that was washington crossing the Delaware. <laughs> now you are so true the things historians don't tell you that's why you listen to fox across america <laughs> especially on the fourth of july now uh, i'm out in los angeles for the fourth of july you'll be in the woods of minnesota uh, I wanted to ask you this question because someone told me this the other day and it really made me re-examine everything. Okay, I grew up in an era of firework usage, completely unsupervised. Like back, we I grew up in Levittown on Long Island and we used to like actually have something called bottle rocket fights where we would, lo- we would light bottle rockets and shoot them at each other. Did the Brenbergs suffer from that same lack of parental oversight? <laughs> you know, I, there are so many BB guns and pellet guns out here operating at all times. I don't think anybody even thought about going, you know, going for the fireworks. It's like we were already kind of armed and ready to go 365. But fireworks are like, this is the, this fireworks are so great because, you know, you got you got a guy, and he's just kind of living his life day to day, 364 days a year. There's just nothing all that remarkable about it. But he saves up, and he stock. He goes to you know Minnesota. You can't buy the good stuff. You got to go to Wisconsin. He stockpiles the the really good fireworks. He invites the whole neighborhood over on the Fourth of July. You know, that's his one chance every year to almost murder his neighbors, and it, that's such a highlight. That's such a highlight. And it's you know again back to like what makes America great. Just the risk-taking, you know, who knows what's going to happen tonight. This could be amazing. This could be mayhem. We just have to find out, wait and see. (laughs) Oh, it's so true. I I grew up around a lot of guys because fireworks were illegal on Long Island. But I grew up around a lot of guys who had a guy. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Oh, you got to have a guy. Yeah, well, my next-door neighbor is really fascinating. 
I don't know what his actual occupation was, but he was the guy that could always get you a bootleg copy of a movie when it was in the movies still. You know, if you if you didn't want to pay for cable, he'd climb the telephone pole for a fee and reconfigure the converter so you got free HBO. And the, again, I don't know his official occupation on his tax returns, but the last time I saw him was on July 3rd, 1982. Guy's name was John. I won't out his last name. We were playing wiffle ball. I was up against my buddy Stephen Florio. I was five innings into, at the time, we played seven inning games. I was five innings into a no-hitter. I'll never forget it. And, and John shows up. Okay, he had an old Ford Fairlane, which is a pretty big car and a good looking old school car, uh, comes rumbling down the street, pulls in front of the pitcher's mound, which in suburbia is the curb. You understand <laughs> the strike zone is in the driveway. It's a folding chair. So, you know, what you consider to be a folding chair is a strike zone and wiffle ball. So I'm towing the rubber about to get the third out of an inning and move an inch closer to a no hitter, which is a big deal in wiffle ball in that era. And John pulls up. Pops the trunk in this Ford Fairlane and has like government issued explosives that he calls fireworks, rockets, mortars, birthday cakes, anything you can think of. He's like, is your dad home? I'm like, no. He's like, I'm in a rush. Grab what you want. I'll get the money off your dad later. And we're like, this is amazing. So we start grabbing like heavy artillery. And I'm not kidding. The Nassau County Police Department comes screaming down the street in a cruiser. And my neighbor, John, hops my fence, runs into the schoolyard, never to be seen again. I'm assuming he was ultimately caught and apprehended. But a tow truck came back and took away his car a little while later. But to my credit, me and Petey Brennan got most of those fireworks before they could be confiscated. Best Fourth of July ever. USA. Oh, it's the guy, and it's the guy. There's always a guy. He can do anything you need, and there's one of two things. Either in life he's going to be in jail or he's going to run a major corporation because he can get everything <laughs> done. But it's one way or the other. He's either, he's either going to be in a jail or his father's going to become president of the United States. Either way, you're straight. <laughs> there you go. That's Always, oh, he, only Brian Brenberg could find inspiration in the Hunter Biden story on the 4th of July. That's why we have you on. You're the best. Listen, careful out there. If you run into any kids who look a little iffy, just give them a sparkler. A sparkler is the firework for the slow. You know that? They're not going to blow anything up. They can write their name in script. Everybody's going to be fine. <laughs> we'll survive, Jimmy, just like just like America. We'll survive. That's, That's the like spirit, Brian Brenberg. Happy 246th birthday, USA. We got South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, Lincoln Failer. It's an embarrassment of radio riches on the Fox Across America. Fourth of July barbecue radio spectacular. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Find out more about how they can help you at matthew-james.com. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the KPEL News app. Now the headlines from the KPEL News Center. For KPEL News, I'm Brandon Como. A new fiscal year is underway in Louisiana, which means the state's new spending play went into effect on July 1st. Commissioner of Administration Jay Darden says as a result of surplus dollars, the state made a historic investment in every level of education from higher ed to pre-K. He also says there are hundreds of millions of dollars dedicated to improving the state's roads and bridges. There are concerns the state's economy may decline because of high gas prices and inflation, but Darden is optimistic. The economic forecast they use to produce the budget will hold up. The budget forecast for this year is, is going to be one that it's not going to put us in a position where we'll have to be dealing with any mid-year budget cuts. 
The State Fire Marshal's Office wants to remind you to practice firework safety this 4th. Spokesperson Ashley Rodriguez says it's always best to attend the public display where professionals are handling them. But if you choose to do on on your own, make sure it's legal to do so at your location and choose an appropriate one. According to the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, 11,000 injuries were caused by fireworks in 2021. So please have a happy and safe Fourth of July. Mostly sunny skies across Acadiana on this Fourth of July. Not a bad holiday forecast coming up for you today. A few isolated showers and thunderstorms. No real way around that. We'll see that a little later on in the afternoon. About a 30% chance for some rainfall. It is going to be a hot one today, though. 95 degrees for that high with a heat index that's going to be in the triple digits. Lows in the upper 70s and a little more rainfall on the way for both Tuesday and Wednesday. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Welcome back to the Fox News Rundown from Washington, Democracy 2022, the battle for the majority, 4th of July special. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. Depending on who you ask, Either a small red wave is coming this fall in midterm elections or a giant one. And the confidence of the pundits and politicians on this may vary based on political preference. You can see it already now in 2022. Democrats scrambling, seeing the polling that's out there. There is going to be a giant red wave. And that red wave starts in 2022. South Carolina Republican Congresswoman Nancy May spoke to Fox and Friends first before she won her primary race in June. But if you listen to the co-hosts of The View... It's not a done deal. I think people will be more informed. And so I do agree with Joy. We don't know that that red wave is coming because that red wave is based on a big lie. But even Massachusetts Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren recently warned of a shellacking if Democrats don't do something big, pass something big that helps the American people. I think we're going to be in real trouble if we don't get up and deliver that I believe that Democrats are going to lose. Now, historically, the precedent is the president's party loses House seats in midterms. Kyle Kondik, managing editor at Sabato's Crystal Ball, says on average, the president's party loses about 27 seats in midterms. History tells us that the president's party struggles in the midterm, and that can be exacerbated by having an a incumbent president who's unpopular, as Joe Biden is. Uh, and so I think Republicans have to feel really good about their position in the House. As the president's poll numbers sink, he's been using some new language, adding the word ultra to MAGA and linking nearly all Republicans to former President Trump. This is not your father's Republican Party, as I said. But what will individual Democrats in individual districts do? Will they imitate White House messaging or distance themselves from elements of the party? This is a difficult season for Democrats. Juan Williams is a Fox News political analyst. What we're seeing in terms of the political landscape fits with all the historical precedent going back to You know, 2012 with Obama, 2018 with Trump, and now 22 with Biden, which is that typically the incumbent party gets swallowed. I mean, just beat up big time in midterms, huge losses. So when we look at people who indicate, you know, what do you think about the direction of the country? Very pessimistic. Another indication that likely the Democrats are in for a whooping. Now, how can they turn that around becomes the question. How do they identify with the large sense of angst, disappointment, 
disapproval in the American mind. Is another part of the strategy for Democrats, you know, distancing yourself from the president or the party like, you know, some of the more vulnerable Democrats have said they, they disagreed with the president on the border and like Title 42. And Tim Ryan, as you know, running for Senate in Ohio, was asked if, if he would want the president to campaign with him. And he said after pausing for a few seconds, you know, he'd welcome any support, but that he's the candidate running. How much strategy is there in that if you're if you're vulnerable, if you're in a swing district and you're reading the room that people are unhappy with certain things? Well, I think it's very important to read the room in the case of someone you know, let's take Ohio. You know, he's going to say, listen, I'm not sure how Biden might play in this room at this moment. But let's not ignore the reality. Biden would be a tremendous attention getter in terms of media if he came to visit and campaign. And he's also a tremendous fundraiser. So that's something to keep in mind. It might be that you want to think about the timing so the room might be cold right now. It might get hot a little later, and then it might get cool or some other temperature down the road in which Biden would fit ideally. But the point is, you've got to be able to read the room and understand that Biden is unpopular in many areas of the country right now. But again, be very careful, and you'll hear this from strategists. Who is Biden unpopular with? We know he's unpopular with Republicans. But again, you come back to those swing voters. And, you know, a lot of times we don't define who that swing voter is. But if you go into, you know, a suburban Richmond district or you go into Ohio, you're not going to get ardent Republican voters. They're locked in as opponents of a Democratic candidate for House, for Senate, for whatever. But if you're talking to a white suburban female, if you really wanted to boil it down and watch the TV ads, listen to your radio ads, understand where the dollars are being focused, it would be on that white female suburbanite. She's a mom. She's involved with the schools because of her kids. She's someone who cares about taxes because she is, if she's not paying the bills at the kitchen table, she's going to the mall. And she is just coming back, if you're thinking about the fall election, from having to buy school supplies and school clothes and all that. So these things matter. And that's the audience you're speaking to. And right now, that audience is available to Democrats. The question is, what's the message that can persuade that person, given Biden's lack of popularity, given the difficulty with the economy, what can persuade that person to say, you know what, I'm fed up. I really want to throw a spitball at the people in power. But hold on a second. Why wouldn't I? And that's that's what the Democratic candidate has to convey. Here's the reason not to throw your spitball at us. Now that the Supreme Court has upheld Mississippi's law and overturned Roe versus Wade, how much will that impact Democrats messaging and how they fight this fall? I think it's really going to be a dominant message from Democrats that the Supreme Court has acted contrary to public sentiment on this issue. Right now, it's more than two-thirds of Americans support legal abortion and leaving Roe v. Wade in place. So the court's actions are evidence 
that the Democrats can offer that a conservative Supreme Court, six to three, has run over precedent, run over 50 years of settled law in order to achieve a conservative aim, which is making abortion illegal in terms of not being a constitutional right and leaving right. it up to states. To the states, right. So she, they will say, hey, wait a second, again, look at what the option is. More of this kind of anti-democratic, anti-public sentiment, anti-women's rights, and you have every reason to be excited and send a message to the Supreme Court that you don't like it. And you can do that by voting for me. How do you think the president is doing on defense right now? You know, I think they're in a difficult spot because I think there is so much discontent in the land. So much as we've talked about people saying we think the country's headed in the wrong direction. So much polarization. And right now, if you listen to Republican media, if you listen to Republican politicians, it's not that they have answers. It's not that they have an agenda that says, oh, yeah, here's what we would do about inflation. Uh, if you say, what would you do about gun violence? It's not that they are, you know, ready with their own prescription. They don't have one. Hmm. But what they do have in this moment is their status as the outsider who is also discontented and attacking what they argue is the elite establishment Democratic Party. So you've got to get, if you are the president, you've got to communicate with the voters that, hey, we're not the elites. We represent you. We're the party of the working class man and woman. We're the party that understands and cares about people who are worried about violence. We're the party of people who understand that if you're, you know, worried right now about COVID, that we want to make sure you have a back, you know, vaccine or that you have protections, et cetera. We're trying to get us back to normal. That's the argument that the Democrats are trying to make at this critical moment. And I must say, even now, as we're, you know, July 4th, the election is, you know, four or five months away. But even now, voter positions are being cemented. And now is when the message has to be delivered. You cannot wait until September, Labor Day, to start your messaging. That messaging has to be active right now. Juan Williams, thank you so much for your time. Jessica, always a pleasure. I'm glad to be able to help. Democracy 2022, the battle for the majority will be right back. Welcome back to the Fox News Rundown from Washington, Democracy 2022, the battle for the majority, 4th of July special. It's hard to think about 2022 without thinking ahead to 2024. After all, the strength of both 2024 frontrunners at this early stage will be tested in November as former President Trump, still the most influential Republican, holds rallies and gets involved in key races across the country. And like most midterms, the elections in so many places will serve as a referendum on the party in power, testing President Biden's political strength. All the while, there is a pretty obvious question. 
will 2024 be a rematch of 2020, another Biden versus Trump election? The midterms could help answer that. So let's not waste any time talking 2024 and bring in Kyle Kondik, a regular voice on our Democracy 2022 coverage and the managing editor of Sabato's Crystal Ball at the University of Virginia's Center for Politics. Yeah, it seems like there are some Democrats who basically don't want Biden to run again um, and are, uh, you know, would like to see a fresh face in 2024 and are concerned about Biden's age, et cetera. Um, And I'll also say that, you know, maybe there are things going on behind the scenes that we don't know about that are getting reflected in some of these um, uh, reports or comments that that come out. But, you know, from the White House's perspective, even if Biden has decided not to run again, and there's no indication he, he has made a decision like that, but even if he did... Um, there's no reason to let that news come out now because as soon as it, as soon as it, it would become clear that Biden was running again, if in fact he doesn't, um, he'd be a lame duck, and uh, uh, it would. And then forget about your legislative agenda, right? And I, mean, I think Biden already has kind of some trouble breaking through. You know, if 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 one of Trump's problems that it was that he was sort of ever present and too much in people's lives, kind of wonder if Biden has sort of the opposite problem in that, in the midst of. A lot of challenges. He doesn't seem as um, he just doesn't seem to to be kind of dominating the conversation the way that Trump did. And again, you know, that, that in some ways we we elect new presidents to correct for what we see as the problems with the past president. And I think that Biden was is someone who you know was never going to be as um, as 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 public and in your face as Trump was. But uh, I just wonder if. Um, it just seems like that the, the, there are these problems going on, be it inflation or gas prices or what have you, and that um, you know the, the, the White House is not necessarily seen as having answers to those things. But um, whatever Biden's influence problems are now, he'd have even less influence if it became clear he wasn't running again. So um, uh, there's just no reason for the White House to take any posture other than what they've already said, which is that he's running again. And if you're a Democrat, is there a natural successor to Biden? Is it the vice president, Kamala Harris? I mean, that that's generally the the way that the, the torch is passed. Yeah. And, and look, I think that, that Harris would, you know, you certainly would expect her to run in the event of uh, a Biden retirement. Um, and I would imagine Harris probably would start as the polling front runner. And then the question is whether she's strong enough to um push other candidates out and, and you know, push them away from running. And I don't think that people look at Harris as a incredibly imposing figure within the Democratic Party. Um, but, you know, one thing that you would have to take take note of is that, you know, part of the reason that Biden won was that or won the nomination was that he was so strong with black voters. And I could imagine that Harris, as the incumbent black vice president, mm-hmm. um, uh, would would also be very strong with black voters um, in a way that she wasn't in her run in 2020. And, and that would be something that her potential rivals would have to um would have to try to, you know, uh, uh, figure out and, and, and you know, uh, try to tamp down on that support. So um, I do think you'd probably see a, a fair number of other Democrats running because I just don't think Harris is strong enough um, to dissuade a bunch of people run, from running. I don't think she's like, like, for instance, Al Gore in 2000, you know, he was he did have a challenge from 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 Bill Bradley, but, right. um, but Gore was the leader the whole time and, and won the nomination relatively easily. Uh, this, I think, is it would be a different situation. Let's talk about uh, Donald Trump, who still believes that he won the, the 2020 election. So is that if he decides to run what, what he's running on? I mean, he would have to sort of present an alternative to Biden, right? 
Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, and, you know, I do think that presidential elections, you know, ideally are kind of forward looking, but, but I think Trump would be very much backward looking. Uh, I mean, that's how he's been in so much, you know, he's been, he's been so present for a former president and yeah. um, so public about his, his complaints. And there's, you know, there, there are a lot of complaints and not a whole lot of evidence coming from the former president and, uh, and his camp. Um, so it'd be just be interesting to see how he would actually run if in fact he does run. And, you know, there, there are a lot of indications that he's going to run again, but we'll just have to wait and see um, when and if he actually jumps that's, in. I mean, that's fascinating, isn't it? Like, he's right. Every indication that he's running, um, right? And and you know, there's been. What are you scattered- looking for to say like that's it? He's go. He's like, is it him saying I'm running? Yeah, I, I think so. I think you know, and and uh, um, you know, I I think that from from a Democrat's perspective, you know, they seem to want to keep trying to tie other tie Republicans to Trump and sort of take advantage of Trump being a very public ex president and someone who. Uh, you know, certainly a lightning rod um, political figure. And of course, if Trump was actually a nominee for pre- or, or was an announced candidate for president prior to the midterm, well, that would probably make Trump a little bigger deal in the midterm. And yeah. Democrats desperately want to make this election something other than a referendum on the state of the country and on Biden because Biden's unpopular and people are pessimistic about the state of the country right now. So if you're, I don't know, Ron DeSantis, Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, 25 or 30 other Republicans um, who are making regular trips to New Hampshire and Iowa. Um, what what are you, I mean, do you wait? I mean, how long can you wait? Uh, it takes usually about a year and a half to run for president. Yeah. I mean, you know, you'd expect, um, you, you would typically expect there to be people announcing for president, uh, you know, right after the midterm. Right maybe, after. Yeah. I was going to say maybe, like, maybe, 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 maybe the they wait until like the new year. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and and look, I mean, the longer Trump waits, the more it might kind of push others to wait, too. Um, that's sort of the advantage, I guess, that Trump has in waiting is that um, if, it, if it's sort of unclear as to whether he's running again, he sort of, you know, again, he freezes out some folks. But there may be some people who just decide to run anyway. Yeah, I would think that if Trump were to be defeated in a Republican primary, which, I mean, if he'd certainly start as the favorite, then you'd, you'd see how things develop. Mm-hmm. But um I think he would bet really benefit from a divided field like the way he did in 2016. Uh, you know, he he's uh, uh, if it's if it's like you know DeSantis versus Trump and it's like just them and they're the only two like real credible candidates. You know, maybe that's a situation where you could actually imagine DeSantis winning. But if it's like DeSantis, Pence, Nikki Haley, ten other candidates, and Donald Trump, you'd say, oh well, Trump is actually in better position there because the vote would be splintered in such a way that he would be advantaged. Of course, we saw from the you know the, the the 2016 primary that the way that the Republican delegates are allocated and awarded in uh, on their side it, it you know if you're a plurality winner you're still getting a lot of the delegates you're getting more of the delegates than maybe the share your share of the vote might you might think otherwise so um, a, a big splintered field I think would actually help uh, you know help Trump. Well, we'll have plenty of data points between now and then, but it's never too early to start thinking about those, those presidential races. They, they come up on us awfully fast uh, every four years. So, Kyle, appreciate the time. Uh, have a great summer, friend. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Fox News Rundown from Washington. Democracy 2022, the battle for the majority, 4th of July special. You can subscribe to the Fox News Rundown from Washington podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. This has been a production of Fox News Radio. 
I'm Stuart Varney, and this is the Fox Business Report. Get ready to fork over more dough for your summer barbecue. If you're planning to cook out, you're going to be shelling out 17% more than a year ago for burgers, hot dogs, and chicken. The New York Post compiled a food list based on increases in the Consumer Price Index. Average cookouts will cost you nearly 77 bucks. The same package of hot dogs that cost $3.82 a year ago are now averaging $5.22. And soda is up over 16.5% after popping past a dollar. For a two liter bottle. And looking to serve off ice cream, prices have climbed nearly 14%. Bill Lampert, editor of trade publication SupermarketGuru.com, says the biggest price increases he's seeing is for beef, pork, chicken, eggs, and milk. But he advises hitting up the frozen section in your supermarket for more affordable meat and seafood and forget the deli counter. Instead, look for prepackaged cheese. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Hilary Varsky, invested in you. Big news! Greta Van Susteren is back, and she's on Newsmax. Tune into Newsmax at 6 p.m. Eastern tonight to watch The Record with Greta Van Susteren and get the real news. Plus, check out the new lineup of Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, and more. Newsmax is on all major cable and streaming platforms. If your cable system doesn't carry Newsmax, call them and demand it. And download the free Newsmax app on your phone. Make the switch to Newsmax today. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a town square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Support continues for Ukraine. CJ Papa, Fox News. The European Union meeting today at the Ukraine Recovery Conference. President Volodymyr Zelensky addressing the group virtually blasting his enemy. Russia's war against Ukraine is not simply an attempt to seize our land and destroy our state institutions or break down our independence. It is a far greater confrontation, the confrontation of outlooks. Zelensky through an interpreter, Russian President Vladimir Putin declares victory today in the eastern Ukrainian region of Luhansk. It's too dangerous today to search for 17 people still missing when part of an alpine glacier in northern Italy broke off and slammed into hikers. At least six are dead, nine recovering from injuries when ice, snow, and large rocks thundered down the mountain topped by the Marmolata Glacier. President Biden returns to the White House from Camp David just before 2 p.m. Eastern today to celebrate the nation's 246th birthday, but many Americans are not ready to celebrate his job performance. Critics are slamming the president for the state of the country on this 4th of July. The president says there has been some extraordinary progress, but when you look at the polling, voters may not feel the same way. The latest Associated Press survey finding that only 39% of people approve of the president's job performance down sharply from a year ago. When it comes to the economy, the president also trying to put a positive spin on things. He wrote over the weekend that we put America in a position to tackle the worldwide problem of inflation from a place of strength. The problem is Republicans in Congress are doing everything they can to stop my plans to bring down costs. Now Fox's Mark Meredith in Washington, the president sending out a tweet about the nation's birthday. The 4th of July is a sacred day in our country. It's a time to celebrate the goodness of our nation, the only nation on earth founded based on an idea that all people are created equal. Make no mistake, our best days still lie ahead. America is listening to Fox News. When you get nachos, tacos, empanadas, spicy queso with jalapenos, Pepto-Bismol's there. 
Pepto-Bismol provides fast, effective relief from nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, and diarrhea. All the things that can happen unexpectedly on vacation. So before you travel, pack the Pepto. Pepto-Bismol. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with a push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Listen to your favorite KPL shows on air, online, with the KPL News app and by using Alexa. Brought to you by the Matthew James Financial Group. Online at matthew-james.com.